0: Welcome to PowerPlay. I'm Rick Budd, and in Port Ruby, I'm the Game Master. What you're about to hear is the audio from our Twitch stream. If you'd like to watch the show, it's live on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific on Twitch TV slash QTimes, or you can catch up with our archives on YouTube. For more information, follow us on Twitter at PowerPlayRPG. Hello, and welcome to PowerPlay Origins. Um... I'm your GM, Rick Bud, and uh, with me tonight is, of course, Sam DeLev, uh, as uh, Dr. Caden Bialto. Hello, Sam. Welcome back. Greetings. Uh, greetings. And, uh, and our very special guest, uh, Mr. Eddie Doty. Uh, Hello. Who, uh, well, I guess you can see from the overlay, is playing Dexter Vale. You'll meet Dexter later. Um, so, yeah, this this is Power Play Origins, and, and this game is one of the the many games y'all unlocked during Operation Nazi Puncher uh, a few months back when you helped us raise over $4,000 uh, for the Southern Poverty Law Center, something we are still just completely in awe of and totally grateful for. Um when I call these games origin stories, you know, at the moment, but uh, as I started thinking about it more, it kind of occurred to me that, like, an origin story for, say, you know, a farm girl with mysterious fire powers means a completely different thing than the origin story of, say, like an alien from another planet who has, like, a whole life story to unfold. So it's like these will be more like visits to the past that will fill in little gaps and things like that, and each one's going to be a little bit different. But uh, but tonight we are doing uh, uh, Power Play Origins, Cadrax, And, um... First, I'd like to start out uh, by throwing a special thanks to Jake and Lauren and the mods and everybody at Q Times. Uh, we could not do what we do if they did not do what they do, and they do what they do really awesome. So uh, thank you all, and uh, uh, your subs and your bits help support Q Times, and your donations to the chip jar uh, help support the show and uh, the people you see on the screen right now. And uh, to that end, we have uh, some rewards as usual. Here's how they work. If we get to $50 tonight, uh, we have our typical community determination. Uh, The players will get uh, one point of determination that anyone can use in the event of an emergency, and determination is going at a premium tonight because we're starting the players out with zero, donut, zip, popkiss. And uh yeah, um I you know I want them to have to earn that determination or 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 get it from the community poll, which you can fill for them. And if we get to $150, um usually this is where the mysterious benefactor kicks in, but the mysterious benefactor is not around yet in the timeline. So tonight, if we get to $150, we're doing something I call Cadrax's dream. Um I had Sam write up uh, a memory about Cadrax's uh, life somewhere that takes place prior to this game. And Cadrax uh, is uh, uh, going to kind of, uh, you know, Cadrax doesn't actually sleep, but we'll have sort of a daydream uh, where they, they have this reverie. And, you know, it's not necessarily relevant to the story going on here today, but just a cool little story from the mind of Sam Delev. And But I'm um, not
1: Omar, okay, y'all? It's just, I'm not Omar. <laughs>
0: Oh, they were Omar, all right. No, Um, so, (laughs) Uh, and if we get to $250, we have the after credits lore drop, a revealing glimpse of some important but previously unseen part of our story or universe. And uh, we've just been having the greatest fun with those uh, for the last two seasons. You can always see those tiers in chat with the command unlocks and if you can't help us out like that you can always help us out by liking or commenting on our YouTube videos or sharing tweets and stuff like that helping promote the show. We really appreciate all that. And uh, since y'all seem to be so interested in the merchandise stuff, we have extended the limited time that that was available for. So you can get uh, Power Play t-shirts and stickers that got uh, Caitlin's amazing artwork on it for all the characters and stuff. And uh, Jake will put that link into the chat. It'll take you to the Q Times Teespring store where you can find all that. And uh, the game we play here is called Icons. It's published by Ad Infinitum Adventures. It was created by a cool dude named Steve Kenson. You can check him out on Twitter at S. Kenson. And uh, the book edition I have is published by Green Ronin. They have been sold out of it for a while. Uh, they were still sold out last time I checked, but you can always get it as a PDF. It's a really cool system. Definitely recommend giving that a shot. Um, please follow the show at PowerPlayRPG on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PowerPlay is now available as a podcast for the podcast-inclined. You can find it wherever fine pods are casted. And uh, that's the announcements. Time for Power Play. Man, I love that song. Uh, so, yeah, welcome back and previously on Power Play. In Power Play Episode 1, the series premiere, we met Dr. Caden D'Alto, a surgeon at Serrano Memorial Hospital in Barrensdale, who had a secret. See, in in, in actuality, Caden is actually Cadrax, an alien from a civilization known as the Star Choir of Pixis, who hail from a planet known as Beta Pixis. And uh, Cadrax came to Earth with an elite unit of soldiers known as the Knights of the Blue, uh, who were led by a brave and wise warrior named Sonavel. And uh, the Knights' mission was to take over Earth in order to protect it from the Star Choir's most dangerous enemies, a race of uh, what what they describe as monsters uh, called the Alpha Combine. Uh, But we learned in Season 2 that things did not go exactly according to plan, and the Knights of the Blue were ambushed by an alien strike force made up of people from worlds that they had previously conquered. Uh, Those knights were killed, and Cadrax found themselves completely on their own, on Earth, and that is where we pick up. The date is December 24th, 2019. And we are in what looks like a very old theater. The stage is empty, but a boxing ring has been constructed in the center of the room and it is surrounded by cheering fans. The crowd is fairly well-dressed. This this looks like a a money crowd. And uh, they're drinking, they're smoking, there's cigar smoke everywhere. There are cocktail waitresses zipping up on the aisles, uh, taking orders. And on one wall, there's this huge electronic kind of scoreboard thing with a sign above it that says odds. And it lists matchups for the night uh, that look like they are matching up, uh, you know, what appear to be fighters, fighters uh, by their names, listing their weights, their win loss records, stuff like that. And suddenly the house lights go down and a spotlight hits the ring and a ring announcer uh, climbs in and he grabs a microphone that lowers itself down from the top. And he says, uh, welcome to Combat Club. And the crowd cheers and goes wild. And he says, tonight is our monthly Bayanahan Bash, a full contact, minimal rules, Filipino martial arts extravaganza. We have six fights lined up for you, and you got another minute to place your bets on the first one. This first match of the night sees the return of an old favorite. Put your hands together for Terry the Swagger Taggart. Uh, and uh, the crowd applauds as this sort of tall, well-built guy wearing kind of an old beat-up karate gi, kind of climbs his way into the ring and, you know, puts his hands up and pumps them a couple of times. Uh, And, uh, you know, the crowd cheers him on. And uh, then he says, And squaring off against the swagger is a newcomer who has yet to secure their first victory. Please welcome Caden THE DOCTOR OF DEATH, DIALTO! Now, Cadrax, you climb into the ring to considerably more muted applause and even some laughter. The ring announcer says, Now remember, folks, the first fighter to knock their opponent out or cause their opponents to tap out wins the match. And other than that, what is our only rule? And the crowd yells back, there are no rules. And the announcer goes, that's right. Now let the carnage begin. And a bell rings. He climbs out of the ring. You, uh, Cadrex. You walk into the middle of the ring and find yourself swearing off with Terry, the swagger taggart. Um... Tell you what, we're going to handle the final outcomes of uh, this sporting fight with a single role based on your prowess versus Terry's prowess. I'm going to say the two of you dance around each other for a while. Uh, You, you know, look at Terry. He seems very unafraid of you, almost maybe even a little arrogant as he's kind of like egging you on. He's like, hey, come on, come on, you know, sticking his chin out, almost daring you. Now. This fight... Uh, oh, wow, I'm told we have unlocked the first goal. Uh, thank you so much. So, y'all, you now have one point of determination which uh, you can use. Either one of you can use it anytime you want. I'm going to make a note of that here. Community determination is unlocked. Um, now, this fight, as we said, uh, the Bayanahan uh, bash is not just a boxing match. No, this is actually full-on uh, uh, stick fighting. And uh, Kadrax... You see Terry, he's kind of waving his sticks, goading you. Come on, come on, come on. How do you feel right now?
1: Excellent. I have no concerns about defeating this creature.
0: Awesome. Um, So do me a favor, make your prowess roll against Terry's prowess roll.
1: Yes. My prowess is as high as my willpower, so I expect nothing but success.
0: Yeah, uh, since this takes place uh, before Season 1, I... uh, Caden's stats are all back uh, to their season one levels Uh, in fact in some cases even less
1: and that is why I bring forth a glorious seven
0: a glorious seven okay Um, hmm. so you know what you are used to kind of getting pummeled in these fights the truth is is, uh, this body that you wear we know that we have learned in previous seasons that this bipedal body is not your natural state. And uh, you were not trained in combat like the strike force members of your team, since that was not your job on the mission. And uh, y- you usually do not do great here. Um, and, but this time... It's a little surprising, in fact, you come out and, you know, I guess you're feeling extra aggressive tonight. You you know, you get you land a shot right across Terry's face. He gets angry. He pushes you back. There's a little bit back and forth. The crowd kind of cheers. They're actually a little impressed to finally see something out of the doctor of death. Um, but uh, in the end, um, Terry is a little too good for you. And uh, he lands one sash strike to the side of your head and then another and another and another. And before you know it, you go down, knocked out. The ref counts you out. Uh, and uh, when you come to, you kind of look around, you find yourself having been pulled off to an area behind the crowd. You can see that, Many of the fights have gone on at this point. And uh, standing next to you is um, Clem Pascoe. Clem Pascoe is, uh, if I had to cast him, I would say he's Peter Stormare. And uh, he, you know, is the pro- 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 me—the proprietor of Combat Club. Uh, Combat Club, you know, the people who run it, they are a little shady. You suspect possibly criminals. And, uh, this guy, Clem, uh, he, he is the guy who runs the show and he, uh, he's kind of sitting next to you and he's just kind of like, you know, you should probably quit, right?
1: When I am on the cusp of victory, that would be absurd.
0: Uh, the only thing you are on the cusp of is a, uh, severe, irreversible head injury. I mean, you do know that the only reason I keep bringing you back is to lose to fighters that I'm genuinely trying to promote, right?
1: I am sure then that I will surprise you when I triumph over their pitiful combat capabilities. Would you please (laughs) hand me that water bottle?
0: Yeah, yeah, here you go. And uh, he, he passes you over a bottle. Well, I admire a thick head. He pats you on the back and he gets up and he lights a cigar and sort of walks off into the crowd. Um, And uh, while you are uh, sitting there, the, uh, uh, the match that is going on right now ends. And the announcer climbs back into the ring and the crowd jumps to their feet and starts roaring. And the announcer grabs the microphone and he says, It is time for the main event. And uh the crowd just, yeah, they're cheering, screaming, and he's like, Tonight, our main event, in this corner, please welcome Adam, the Adam Bomb Priscelli. And this huge guy in shorts, bare chested, like just looks like a brick wall with arms. You picture any. He- defensive football player you'd like um he he just kind of you know climbs into the ring he he's he's so thick torsoed. it's like you can barely pull the the uh the ropes apart enough to, for him to get in and he gets in there and just stands in the middle kind of nodding and kind of glaring at the crowd and they love it they just kind of eat it up and um and he's like and in this corner Please put your hands together for our reigning champion, Dexter Vail. And Dexter, you make your way into the the ring, and uh, the ref pulls the two of you together, and he kind of gives you that little, you know, all right, you know, guys, keep it clean. And he kind of like laughs at that. And he's like, just remember, don't kill nobody. And he steps back and he gives his little speech to the crowd again about how there are no rules. And uh, yeah, Dexter, you find yourself squaring off against Adam, the Adam bomb Priscelli. He kind of just stands there with his sticks. He is not kind of arrogant and goading uh, the way the swagger was. He is more just kind of staring you down. He taking this very, very seriously. Dexter, why don't you tell us a little bit about your fighting style? Uh, but first, turn on your mic.
2: I am very experienced in this. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Dexter, you see him, he's about an even six foot, uh, darker full head of hair. Um, and what you see is he's got two sticks, so it's what we call a double basson in, uh, in a screma. And uh he is just sort of like starting with just like some he's not hitting himself in the headset is what he's not doing. Uh but he's starting and then uh after it's, like some warm ups, his hands go to his side. It's not very flashy, his just his hands are to his side, his sticks are just in sort of like a loose position, and he's just sort of very very loose and very fluid right now.
0: All right, yeah, and uh, the atom bomb kind of walk comes up on you, raises his sticks, ready to fight. Do me a favor, make a roll on your prowess, just d six, and your your prowess is six. So,
2: so add the add the prowess. So yeah. that's gonna be a nine.
0: Nine, okay. Um, this fight goes back and forth for a while. We get a. Bunch of rounds out of this one, and the crowd just goes wild. Uh, Clem sells a whole lot of drinks and concessions. He's, he, you know, and uh, uh, you, you can you can just see like the crowd just eating it up. There's blood flying around the ring. You knock a couple of teeth out of Adam Percelli. Uh but in the end, you just narrowly beat him. What's, what's, what's your finishing move look like? You had a finishing move? Yeah,
2: sure. Why not? Uh, so we're probably going to be. Um, I think it's just a lot of it is just these guys know each other very well, so a lot of it is it, it. It starts off very fluid. That's because that's part of the reason why Dexter was kind of relaxed at the beginning. He knows he's in for an ass whooping. But he, like he himself is, but he knows he's. It's gonna come down to the wire, one way or another. You get the sense that these guys have done this dance a few times before. A lot of it is in a phone booth brawling, and then finally, after like the, the last kind of separation where they get some distance, uh, Dexter gets a quick redondo strike, so just a quick circular strike to um, to Adams' uh, lead hand, which drops his, uh, which causes him to drop his stick. And then at that point, he's on him. He kind of comes around, hits him with uh, a to the temple, and then comes down onto his clavicle, entangles the arm, pushes him down into a kind of a, a clavicle lock, and gets him to submit verbally.
0: Ouch. Yeah. And, and he does eventually just totally tap out kind of, you know, screaming for mercy a little bit. bit. And um, yeah. And, 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 uh, this, this is kind of, this is kind of a fight that that would make Uf, UFC fighters kind of cringe in their seats to watch this kind of thing. It looks like it hurts so much. Uh, but yeah, you win another one and the purse for tonight was absolutely huge. You know, let's let, let let's call it 50 grand. And uh you are led to the center of the ring. The, the the ref announces you as the winner, puts your hands in the air. Crowd goes wild. And Caden, uh, as that is going on, you get aged by the hospital. They need you now.
1: I take one more look at the two fighters in the center stage. And grab the water bottle, Clun handed me, and grab my bag with scrubs, Guess I have to go. All
0: right. Uh, Combat Club takes place in a theater called the Paramore Theater, which is located in Yard Hill. So it is just a short little jaunt uh, for you over to Serrano Memorial, which is also right there in Yard Hill. And uh, you make your way over, and when you arrive, um, you see the face of Dr. Abigail Fripp, who we cast as uh, Kristen Bell. And uh, you know her from around the hospital. You do not know her super well, uh, but she spies you coming in the door, and she comes running up with a purpose. And uh, she says, uh, um, uh, uh, Dr. Dialdo?
1: Yes, Dr.
0: Fripp. Fripp. And she points to and uh, she she kind of looks you over and sees kind of the bruises on your face. Are are you okay?
1: I had a mug thrown at me.
0: Huh. Okay. okay. Listen, there was a car accident. Whole family was brought in. Father died on the table. Tally's working on the mother right now. She told me to page you to work on the son. Eight years old, mess of problems, but the big deal is a severed artery and a lot of internal breathing. Bleeding, uh, she holds you, hands you a chart. I was going to give it to Landry, but Tally said it has to be you.
1: Uh, are you scrubbing in with me or are you on the fourth one?
0: No, I'm, I'm on the fourth one. Uh, it's, it's not as bad, but uh, uh, if you need anything, uh, there are nurses already waiting for you uh, in, in the OR.
1: Good. Thank you, Frip
0: yeah, you, you can call me Abigail. And uh, she turns and sort of heads down the hallway again. Why
1: would I do uh, that?
0: You make your way up to the OR and uh, you let yourself in. And uh, it is exactly as she described. Um, this eight-year-old boy is just in terrible shape. Uh, you, After an examination, this is the kind of one where... You know, could go either way. Certainly, even even with all your skill. So, I'm going to ask you to make a roll on your everything that counts towards your medical talents, uh, your intelligence plus your medical bonus.
1: That's cocked, which just feels ludonarratively concerning. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. It's max die.
0: So that's.
1: Uh, so that's. Um, four plus one plus six, 11.
0: 11. Mm. Okay. That is a major success. Um, the surgery takes all night. You know, by the time you're done, the sun is fully up and uh, the nurses are completely exhausted. And uh, you head out into the hallway, pull off your surgical gloves, you're walking down the hall, when you, you can kind of hear the sound of crying coming from a nearby supply closet.
1: Humans aren't supposed to be in supply closets. Humans aren't supposed to be in supply closets.
0: And uh, the doorknob jiggles and the door opens. And uh, in the supply closet, you see your boss, Dr. Elizabeth Talley, who we cast as CCH Pounder, way back when, and uh, she is kind of drying tears in her eyes. And she uh, she looks at you in the eye. It looks like we have lost Eddie. He will be remembered. Uh, Okay, and we've got him back. Uh, Yeah, and uh, she's drawing tears in her eyes and she she looks at you and she, uh, I'm sorry, I lost the mother. How did yours go?
1: I clamped the artery in time. The vasculature held pretty decently. Do I need to get you an ophthalmology consult?
0: Uh, no, um, I'm just, well, Dr. D'Alto, you know that I like you because you are extremely unemotional about your patients and that, while that is a great quality in the doctor, it's, it's kind of a lousy one in a person and, you know, at the end of the day, it's That all has to go somewhere. We're only human, right? Of course. She kind of looks at your hesitancy and kind of shakes it off. Sometimes I lose it a little bit. Uh, You
1: were attached to this surgical patient?
0: I didn't even know this surgical patient, but He was a person, a mother.
1: You operate on many of them, do you not?
0: I I do, and, and I guess I'm in a way attached to all of them even if I have to push those attachments deep down inside. Where do your emotions go at the end of the day, Doctor? Do you have a family or friends or a dog?
1: I am very dedicated to my work, Dr. Tally.
0: Take it from me, Dr. Dialto. that is that is not going to be enough to see you through this isn't the time go home get some sleep and get yourself a dog or something but uh i don't know until then being being alone is bad for the soul you you can consider me your your family and your friends for now okay
1: Yes, Dr. Tally.
0: Merry Christmas, Dr. D'Aldo. She kind of wipes her eyes and pushes past you out of the closet and heads down the hall.
2: I
1: walk into the supply closet. I turn around, just see what it is. I don't understand why a human would be in here.
0: And after you look around for a little bit, you let yourself out and you head, you're head heading towards the exit when you pass the admin desk. And uh, Dexter, strangely enough, you are at the administration desk and you are paying some bills and uh, the person behind the counter is sort of, looks like you've been talking, finishing up. Pleasure doing business with you as usual, Mr. Val.
2: Yeah, business.
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure the kids get everything you left for them. and uh, Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas to you. And you turn to uh, head towards the exit. Uh, but as you turn, you spot Dr. Dialto, who you recognize from Combat Club. You... You you have seen them in the ring, even if you have never been particularly impressed. But this time, you are a little surprised to see them dressed uh, in surgical scrubs. Caden, you also catch Dexter out of the corner of your eye, and you also obviously have seen him fight. Were you the? Were
2: you at club tonight? Doctor, what's your nick- Doctor Doom, or what is it? what's your nickname?
1: I don't know. I didn't choose it.
2: Yeah, they never let yes, you rewrite I... them. Yeah.
1: Are you um, all right? Did you receive injury? Do you require oh, consult?
2: Yes, of the first, no to the latter. Um, a few questions. Um Why? Why? You're, like, why?
1: Perhaps you would care to walk the grounds with me?
2: Sure. Yes. Yeah, why not? We, um, yeah, all right. Dexter follows Caden's lead.
0: Yeah, you head outside. It is a cool early morning.
1: My colleagues are not aware.
2: Yeah, I kind of figured. Makes sense. Um, Going back to the first question, you're a doctor. You... Your student loans can't be that much. Like, why do you, why do you?
1: Of all people, why could you possibly ask that question?
2: So, so here's the thing. I know why I do it. It's pretty clear. I, I just do it to for as the side hustle, yeah? Because I can make money doing it. Um... Not to be indelicate, doctor, but you are uh, bad at it. Uh, 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 To be clear, a level of bad I haven't seen there in at least the four years that I've been doing it there. Because you're really bad. And we assume you're a good doctor. You're good at that because you're a doctor and you're still allowed to be a doctor. So I have to assume that you are good at this thing. And I'm struggling to understand why you could be so good at this thing here, and yet you spend a a good amount of time, because I've seen you there a bunch, being so bad at this other thing.
1: Medicine was required of me. That is a. Have you ever been good at something and then very bad at it again?
2: Um. Dexter recoils pretty significantly at that. Um, That's the best shot you've landed on anyone heretofore um and he just kind of steps back and goes yeah yeah we know what that's like
1: and it mattered to you to try to be good at it again
2: <sighs> yeah okay okay but
1: that i'm going b- to be good at it very soon you understand
2: Okay. I like the commitment. Um, Follow-up question. How are you going to be good at it? Because with respect, Doctor, you have not been getting better at it. You've been getting hit a lot.
1: I extended my time of consciousness by 40% this
2: fight. so that's that, yeah that's no sure that's uh that's a way of looking at it um if i were to say to you um my car retained two of its wheels after the accident would that be an acceptable situation for you
1: are there cars with two wheels
2: no no No, so okay, hmm
1: why are you so curious? You're asking very many questions.
2: Not a lot of pediatric surgeons or or whatever your school of medicine is uh come by there. Uh, what goes on there is people have one or two reasons, one money, which you know right, you have me mentioned is, money payments yeah the the other yes and and so that's clearly not your reason for being there but the other reason is people got a a death wish or they're trying to prove something to themselves and they're trying to i don't know get daddy to respect him or something and we don't feel that's your vibe at all so it's a bit unusual for someone in your position to be coming down um and and yet you say you're getting better or you're trying to get better but we're just not seeing it if you want to get better you should probably Practice at it outside of there. Don't don't look to don't look to get your lessons in there. You don't learn how to surgery in the middle of surgery. You study. You went to medicine. You went to medical school. You went to you you were an intern. You 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 have to take the same approach to this.
1: Well, I have practiced extensively based on written documentation.
2: Got it. So you've been checking out books from the library, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you need, you need practice. You need to, it's one thing to watch a a YouTube clip or a, or an instructional video or, or a book or something, but it's not, that's not how, that's not how we learn. You, you, you need to train with somebody to get better. Yeah. Train with, no, I don't. No, I teach, I teach kids. I don't, I don't train fighters for sport or money. But you care about money. In so much as it keeps the lights on, and I can help out here sometimes when I can.
1: So I exchange money payment for your limited human expertise in the field of battle.
2: doctor where where are you from out of town yeah no we've we've we spent a lot of time out of town as well, and we never met anyone like you Listen, okay, um tell you what whatever you were planning on paying me with, I have a tab here for about three or four kids that I, I help out with from time to time. If you help me with that, you don't have to give me my just help me with that, anything you can do on that, and I'll, I'll give you two hours a week.
1: That should be adequate. It's a it, start. It will not interfere with my duties and I'm sure with limited instruction, I'll quickly surpass your capabilities.
2: Okay. You've been um, most informative. I feel like I know less.
1: The knowledge flows in the correct direction. When shall we meet?
2: Uh, um, free tomorrow at two.
1: I have a pancreatectomy starting at 1.30. Are you available later in that day?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm available again at five.
1: Yes, 1,700 hours then.
2: All right, oh, so 1,700 it is. Okay. All right.
1: You'll give me a location via your personal communication device, yes?
2: I uh, just pull out a card, old school
0: business card.
1: Oh. Material,
0: good, awesome. And Caden, uh, you head back into the hospital since uh, I believe at this point in your timeline, you you are just living in the on-call room at the hospital, aren't you?
1: I've been extremely surreptitious and not detected by anyone on staff for this.
0: Yeah, and uh, you you, you head your way back up, and uh, Dexter, you you head back uh, to where you live, uh, over in um, uh, Fort Trumbull. And uh, yeah, and the rest of your days are, you know, fairly normal. Um, I I should say, we've unlocked the first tier. Uh, The second tier unlocks if we get to $150. That tier is an original story by Sam DeLev. Please, Lord. Let I want to support. hyping this up
1: makes me so uncomfortable.
0: I, I I have not heard the story. I don't know what it is, and I may never get to hear it if if, if it does not get unlocked. So please, for the love of God, stop um, twist. But,
1: like now, it, mm, okay. Uh, I okay. I
0: I don't I don't want to overhype it or anything, but I expect <gasps> it to be better than ten Super Bowls. But okay, um, so uh, Dexter, um, we're going to skip right over to the next day. It's late in the afternoon at your studio. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your studio?
2: Okay. It is. uh, It's on a, it's a corner unit in a strip mall uh, in between a payday loan center and uh, a a nail studio. Um, It's, so it's, it's a good, because it's the corner unit, it's got a good, it's like deceptively big. Like you walk in, there's actually like, ample space inside, Um, there's some mats, a couple of heavy bags, a lot of the equipment, there's like, for every one to two pieces of new equipment, there's like three to four donated pieces of equipment, the heavy bag has a good amount of tape on it, Um, the weights are mismatched, there's like one, like one elliptical machine, Um, and there's one traditional like boxing ring, and then a bunch of these guys on the wall and uh and like a cup uh, the walls have like a lot of old photos uh it's called dose strong uh it's uh it, so you walk inside it's not overtly there's a couple like uh things on the walls like old photos of like filipino grandmasters like dating back at least 100 years um and then in like some of the more recent photos there is a younger version of dexter in there, uh, like in, in, uh, Cebu, uh, in the Philippines, like amongst that team, uh, a keen eye would notice in the corner, one photo of Dexter in full, uh, battle dress uniform, obviously army with, uh, 11 other guys, um, in a nondescript, um, kind of cold war era, like, um, not Cold War era, but Cold War like esque uh, Eastern European setting. Um, but that's like the only nod to that that you would see.
0: And uh, I tell you what, Caden, uh, do you keep the appointment? Yes. Okay, so do me a favor. Make an awareness roll.
1: Oh, I'm making my awareness is as good as my prowess and my willpower. I'll have you know. <laughs> that is why I roll a grand four.
0: A four?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. I, I know I am fearsome, truly in my perceptive capacity.
0: You walk in, you take in a good deal of that detail, um, but I will say you miss that picture in the corner for now of Dexter and his battle fatigues. Um, but Dexter, you kind of look over and now you see Caden kind of standing in the door just kind of looking around.
2: Doctor, glad you could show up.
1: This is where you spar.
2: Uh, yeah, that's one way of putting it. It's where we train. Uh, we got enough space for two mats. We can do one class with the kids over here and uh, another kind of kids class over here. Sometimes, um, sometimes that mat there on Saturdays and every other Tuesday I rent it out to a Zumba teacher. Um, it 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 helps a couple extra hundred bucks a month. Um, we do all right. Uh, yeah. So this is your pages hall. Where you train
1: the children to fight.
2: We teach the children lots of things. Through fighting, we're able to teach them a number of interdisciplinary skills that they can hopefully take with them. Sure.
1: Have you also trained from childhood?
2: In one fashion or another, yeah. Commendable. So, uh, it's your time, but I figure we should get to it. Go ahead and grab a couple of sticks and we'll square up here. Uh, Shoes off the mat, please. And uh, we'll get started.
1: It takes about one minute and 45 seconds for Caden to manage shoes off. This is not a practiced movement. Laces are confused. Confusing and treacherous.
2: Fair. Um, No judgment from Dexter, but Dexter is watching all of this. Not saying anything. Just watching.
0: Tell you what, Dexter, make an awareness rule.
2: It's either a five or a six. That's a five. It's going to be an eight total.
0: Okay, yeah, you are watching and, you know, watching... Caden take off their shoes is like it, it, it's 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 bizarre to see. You know, it, it looks like somebody almost figuring it out for the first time. You know, it, it it just there's just something you can't put your finger on that is very strange about this. Uh, but you know, it, you just kind of shrug it off. But but you made a mental note. Um, Kaden, you finally get your shoes off, you get to your feet, and, uh, uh, tell you what, Dexter, tell us what this training is like. Why don't don't y'all play out some of this training for us?
2: All right, so we start off with just some warm-ups, we practice some, some twirls, uh, firstly, uh, Dexter teaches you how to hold the stick, uh, how much your grip should be, how much of the, the end or the puño should be. Um, good feel for it, good weight. As you twirl, we don't, we don't do the Star Wars cosplayer thing and, and twirl with an open thumb. We twirl with a closed hand. We, uh, we do a lot of uh, warm-ups and just a lot, of, like, a lot of things that are meant to warm up the arms. So a lot of like grabbing the stick in the middle and then doing an iron cross and just twirling back and forth really fast. In doing this exercise, trying to get a gauge of overall physical fitness. Of, uh, of of Dr. Caden, um, and then also just some basic coordination. So, uh, things like just a slow figure eight pattern, which I'm trying not to hit my laptop with, uh, or my daughter for that fact, um, and, then, uh, and then just like, just through the warm, but just trying to get us a, a feel for Caden's aptitude. Um, and after that, it's just the 12 basic strikes, Dose Paras Screma, means 12 strikes, so, Dexter just starts with teaching, just strikes one through twelve, blocks one through twelve. That takes up, I would say, the bulk of the instructional uh, for this first lesson.
1: Uh, in terms of judging their movement, have you ever seen an octopus try to be a human?
0: Me uh, neither. My yeah. But in terms of
1: coordination, <laughs> right? Uh, The concept of which limbs go where with the very gross motor movements seem to be counterintuitive, though they have very good fine motor control, which is presumably reassuring in a surgeon. Uh, They catch the ideas of what you're trying to teach in terms of Striking and blocking and why you are teaching things very quickly. That seems as if, yes, I get it. I get it. Move on. Move on. But Got physically it. executing it.
2: <laughs> Different story entirely.
1: In a way that seems to somewhat frustrate them. Though mm, they're, they're okay. holding it under as, as much discipline as they can. Uh, but this should work and it isn't working.
2: So towards the end of the class, I think Dexter would walk over to you and go, okay, uh, go ahead and put your sticks back and then we'll do a quick, uh, stretch and have a little chat and then kind of sit down in front of each other, crisscross applesauce and just start doing one of the, you know, the very casual like stretch when you're really more about trying to have a chat than like actually get like a deep stretch going on. Um, And uh, there's a pause, and uh, I think Dexter kind of looks up finally and says, you really do learn better off of the written word or verbal instruction, yeah?
1: That has been my mode of learning this art here to here. Here to four,
2: got it. Okay, so I think what we're going to try to do is something a little different. I'm going to do what I said I wasn't going to do. I am going to give you a book, all right. I I want you to take that book and take it home, read it, reread it until you got it. You pick up the technique part really well, and you got the right mind for it, okay. But you have to have a better relationship with your body, you have to own your space, you gotta stand your ground and own it. So next time when we come, we're gonna be working on that, just getting you comfortable on the ground you're standing in the space you occupy, owning that space and not giving it up, all right?
1: Yes, of course. All right. I look forward to astounding you with my feats of groundedness
2: same Dexter stands up and walks over and there's a bunch of books and just sort of like it's there's like the the Ikea bookshelf the glomber or whatever they call it uh and uh he kind of like it takes him a second but he pulls out a really old book uh and kind of looks at for a second and then looks at you and goes okay please take good care of this um you don't need to read to be able to read Tagalog or Spanish, but most of the illustrations in here really help me out. So go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, again, take good care of it. Take photos of it. That'd be preferred. But um, take that with you, and uh, you know, see. We'll, we'll see what we can do uh, again in a couple in a couple days.
1: When I see Dexter go to the shelf, it it draws finally my eye, I think, to that photo. Mm -hmm. So as I thank you, you were a warrior. That is the United States military uniform.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As uh, many moons ago, uh, I was was, a... 4th Battalion, 10th Special Forces, uh, for a while. 1st Ranger Battalion before that, uh, that was my, that was my ODA, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that was my, that was the, that was the last unit I served in, um, yeah.
1: Those are prestigious units within the North American military forces? It's
2: supposed to be, yeah.
1: Did you not find it so? Uh,
2: you know. Path of Hell's paved with good intentions, that sort of thing. Um, the principles are there. the the f the it's it's the right idea, just the uh, doesn't always get doesn't always work out for the best. I find, uh, you know, there's different kinds of missions, right? You know, there's uh there's counterintelligence, counterinsurgency. And then there's a thing called like direct action, and that's like just the basic, you go in and you shoot a bunch of stuff. And, but it's, it's direct, it's to the point, right? I, nowadays, I just try to be more direct about something. If you want to help somebody, just help them. Just help. What's the best way you can help? Just do that thing. Don't try to be coy about it. I think uh, a lot of times we're trying to be too clever by half, and um, you know, it doesn't always work out.
1: Very perceptive for a human. Thank you.
2: You're very direct for a human.
1: Excellent. Good day, Dexter.
0: Good day, Doctor. And Kaden, you head out without another word and leave Dexter pondering the whole for a human thing. Um, and uh, i really Delighted to announce uh, that Sam's story has been unlocked. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, my God. I was so afraid I wasn't going to get to hear it. Um, And uh, it just leaves us a one tier left, uh, the after credits lore drop, uh, which is a little preview of what's coming next week. So, you know, if you want to see that, uh, there's, there's the lore drop always. Um, and, uh, Kaden, you head on back to Serrano Memorial, and, uh, it is, you know, evening at this point. You make your way up to the on-call room, uh, where you find, uh, Dr. Abigail Fripp sort of sitting there and, uh, sipping a cup of coffee and watching the door, and, uh, when you walk in, she kind of stands up and, and just kind of stares at you uncertainly. Fripp. Yeah, I
1: don't yeah. look at the card.
0: Abigail, you, you can call me Abigail. It's okay, uh, doc, Dr. D'Alto. Um I, w- I, w- I wanted to talk to you about something. Um, she put your coffee down. When, when you came in last night and a couple of times recently, you're, you're kind of covered in bruises. And I, I wanted to make sure, you know, is everything okay?
1: Yes, I have rounded on all of my patients. They're all stable.
0: No, no, no. That's, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, like you know, in your home and personal life, is is there somebody, you know, outside the hospitals that's hurting you? Yes? And she seems like really startled. Uh, Do you, I know this is none of my business. I just, I I, I just, I I can't help but feeling for you. Do you want to talk about it?
1: No, you should not be concerned. I'm going to be victorious. I put my and, and, hand on my shoulder to reassure her as I have seen them do in hospitals for reassurance.
0: You're going to be victorious? It's, yes. She sort of seems a little mood broken now. Um,
1: I've retained consciousness 40% longer now. For, you need not be concerned.
0: Doc, doc, Dr. Dialto, I, I, I think I'm... Concerned, although I'm not necessarily sure I understand what we're talking about anymore. What have... How how have you... What have you retained consciousness through?
1: Out of work activities. Clap, clap.
0: She picks up her coffee and Uh, kind of looks around nervously. Well, if you need to talk to anybody, I'm, I'm always here for you. Why? I mean, well, because, you know, I care. Why? How could I not?
1: You're very strange.
0: Well, you know, my door is always open. And she sort of turns her head, gives a little bit of a weird look, and heads off.
1: That's manifestly untrue. Uh, I'm going to uh, learn Tagalog.
0: Uh, I'm sorry? I I lost that, you're gonna?
1: Learn Tagalog. (laughs) And a little bit of Spanish, but that's not nearly as difficult. They're very closely related.
0: All right, do me a favor, make an intellect girl to see how well you understand these books.
1: Yes. Come on, die. You've been doing weird, funny narrative things tonight. Let's go. Okay. Uh, seven.
0: Okay. It takes you some time sitting down with, um, let's call it, you know, prefecto translate or whatever you would like. And, uh, yeah, you, um, you page your way through the book. You don't sleep. So you spend kind of all night at it and, uh, you, you come away with a, you know, a fairly good understanding of what's in there. And you've, you've got a pretty keen memory. So uh, it, we're, we're going to say that that knowledge now sticks with you. And um, so I think, Dexter, you said you had about two hours a week for them or something like that?
2: Yes. Uh, I, I have a feeling it's going to ramp up more as time goes by. But I think to start, it's probably going to be-
0: Okay, so what do you tell me uh in, in the next, you know, couple of weeks it's like what what are the next phases like? What what kind of happens now? So I think Dexter
2: realizes there is something very unique about about uh, uh, uh Dr. Caden. Um he maybe has suspicions or suppositions, but he he doesn't he truly is at a loss. He just knows that there's something very unique about them. Um, and because of that, he's changing his approach. So, their next session, it's about to get a little crowded, kid. The next session, uh, he actually has them meet at Dockweiler Beach, or no, I'm sorry, that's LA. Uh, meet at the near beach uh, and um, basically just like body sensitivity drills, just like, you know, like letting their arms go limp and then like letting the ocean raise their arms, right? Just letting the ocean do that. And it's probably a lot of like philosophical talk about, um, you know, singular intention behind movement and the idea that every, breaks it down very analytical to sort of customize it for, for their brain. This concept of if your left pinky finger moves, your left small toe, your right small toe should move to balance and adjust with it. Your entire body supports one intention, one intention at a time, connecting that to the basic movements of the still images in the book and just using those as like starting points and origination points and letting letting the, the good doctor connect those dots in between in a manner that feels good to them. And I think it becomes less about hitting traditional... Um, postures and forms and more about just owning their movement uh in a way that is is just sort of pure and reduced there's no flourishes there's no ego he under he he understands that that's how Dector kind of sees this and is able to sort of like customize training around that so um yeah I think that's how successful that is I'll leave up to you and or dice but um you know I think that's the approach he's going to be taking with 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 Caden.
0: That's amazing. Uh Caden, how do you think you're uh you're you're taking this training?
1: The there is the frustration of any adult who is aware of the skill gap, who has enough discernment to see how bad they are. And I think Dexter will see will recognize that appropriately as a breakthrough. <laughs> Admitting that perhaps they are not good at this in the training setting is fairly big for them, but the physical awareness of limbs seems sorely needed. That there are, there are brain hookups that seem never to really have happened in gross motor control that are clicking in. And once those do, the forms and the technique can snap in like Legos that fighting and principles and anything about that seems natural as breathing to them and making that sit into their body is truly the work of this training.
2: And if I could really quick, it kind of comes back to like one particular moment where when, um, uh, Dexter is with Caden and it's, it's been like a, you know, like the breakthroughs are starting to happen. And I think Dexter just holds up the stick like this to, and says, what is this?
1: A stick.
2: Okay. What do we use it for? Fighting. So that makes this a?
1: Fighting stick.
2: Yes. The word we're looking for is weapon. Is this a weapon?
1: Yes and
2: no. no No This is not a weapon. Now it's a weapon because now it is part of you. This is a stick, this is a weapon. When it is a weapon, it's only a weapon because it is now part of you. You are the weapon whether you have this or whether you don't. But when you do have this, this isn't separate of you. This is part of you. I know it's a little strange to operate something that isn't part of your body and to suddenly think of it as part of your body. But you control this just like you control any other part of your body. They are indistinguishable. Do you understand?
1: And they don't answer, they reach out for the stick to feel that and to feel whether or not they understand it. And in that moment when you're holding it and so are they, there's a little bit of a haptic sensation. Like something is buzzing through them and up the stick and into your hand, though of course that's impossible.
2: Dexter immediately checks for his phone.
1: Yeah, it feels a lot like that. Your phone, I suspect, is on silent, if not
0: off.
2: Yeah. So quick, and I think for, yeah, I think for him, that's all he sort of thinks of that in that moment. I don't think he makes anything more of it than that, but uh, his eyes go back to you and goes, when you train... When you hold the baston, it's you. When you let go of this, you are no less a weapon than you were before. In Eskrima, in Arnis, in Kali, this is a weapon, this is a weapon, and then he's like picking up other weapons, like the knife, the the short sword. He's like, this is the weapon, this is the weapon, this is the weapon, and it's all part of you. So as you make your movements, don't make a distinction of moving with it or without it. It's all you. You own those movements. You own your body. You become what you need to become for that scenario. And that's time.
0: And let's say that this scene, like you said, it's sort of happening a little bit into the training couple of weeks have probably passed. We're into, you know, the middle of January by this point or something like that. And, uh, a- as you are finishing up the speech, you hear the, the door, you know, you got a little bell on the door and it kind of jingles. Uh, and a young man in a very sharp looking suit. Uh, if I was casting him, I would say maybe he's, um, Taron Egerton. And, uh, kind of walks in, and uh, he just kind of stands by the door, kind of looking around. It's, uh, hey, you Dexter? In the flesh. Do me a favor. um, Make an awareness roll. Nine. Okay. And he's like, is this your place?
2: Uh, I, and I just look at the photo of me on the wall and then I just back down.
0: <laughs> There's something. And uh, when, when he speaks, given your role, you pick up that that accent is a strovian.
2: And, and then, uh, okay. And then just like a slow nod and um, slowly inches towards like the reception
0: desk uh, how much for you to uh, teach me how to fight
2: uh, well, let's see the 8 to 15 year old class is Tuesdays and 30s at 7
0: that's not what I'm talking about uh, mm-hmm. I got a lot of money. You seem like the kind of guy who knows how to fight the real good, like uh, like a soldier, maybe. Yep. Hmm. So how much? I mean, he, he kind of reaches out, he pulls out like kind of a wad of cash and kind of fans it out in front of you.
2: Well, as the sign says, uh, below the... Uh, no parking sign. We, at Dose Strong, reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, for any reason
0: whatsoever. Freezing me service. Well, fair enough. He stuffs uh, money back in his pocket. I'm sure we meet again someday. You have a good one. He looks over at you, Kate, and he's like, uh, You too. He turns and he lets himself out.
2: Turn to Caden. You ever see him in a scenario outside of these walls, you call me immediately.
1: Is it because he is not a surgeon and cannot help with children at a hospital?
2: He's about the opposite of that.
1: You know this man. He acted as if he did not know
2: you. Now, you don't actually know this guy. No, me. I know. I know. I, I. Yeah, no. Um. Doctor, for innumerable reasons, there's large amounts of my work prior to here that I can't tell you. And some of that work was in rather obscure Eastern European country called Astrovia. And that's about all I can say. And in my work, both professionally and personally, I live by percentages. What is a high likely percentage of something to happen? What's a low likely reason of a percentage to happen? and a random Estrovian with a lot of money asking to be taught fighting, referencing my service. Very low percentage, but it's for a good reason.
1: You believe that he is related to your previous history of combat and you are afraid of the implications.
2: So, about seven years ago, I was still in. Special forces operate a little bit differently. We don't just simply go in and shoot things and blow things up, although I'm good at blowing things up. But we're what you call a force multiplier. We don't go in blunt guns blazing. You drop me and 11 other guys into a country like Astrovia. Within six months, we will have maybe aided a revolution or two, taking control of the stock market, maybe empowered certain junta forces over others maybe work with certain generals to gain control and align it with more pro-Western values. And that's all well and good, except sometimes the people we help turn out to be not so good to begin with. And then you're left with a lot of people mad at you. And that's about all I can say. We backed the wrong guy. And if you watch enough C-SPAN or listen to enough NPR, maybe you've heard his name.
1: Kaden is pale at all times, despite the seemingly sparkle highlighter, they n- never wash off their face, but they are pale as a sheet by the description that you're giving of what your work was and what you do, what
0: you do. Do you want to roll to see if you have the sort of television knowledge that he's referring to or do you just want to say that there's no way Caden watched that stuff?
1: There, there is no way Caden watched that stuff.
0: You know what? We'll say, Caden, on that, the two of you say goodbye and you head back uh, to, uh, you know, your room at Serrano Memorial. And uh, that is a perfect spot for us to take our 10 minute break. Uh, Looks like we are just about $100 away from unlocking the lore drop. Thank you so much, everybody, for unlocking the story. And um, we will be back in uh, 10 minutes. See you soon. Welcome back. And uh, it looks like while we were gone, the lore drop was unlocked, which is just amazing to me. So I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, chipped in and donated to Unlock the Tears tonight, but especially thanks to GM for Life, who I'm told is the one who uh, kicked that up over the lore drop. So thank you, GM for Life, and thank you, everybody. It all matters. And uh, um, I'm super excited because uh, we're going to get to hear Sam's story and we're going to get to do the lore job. And uh, I also see uh, that a uh, couple of friends of ours are there in chat. Um, I, I see uh, we have uh, Omar Najam and we have uh, uh, Caitlin Bruder and we have B-Zelda. Uh, all, all people who I hear are, 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 are fairly cool. Um, so, hey, y'all. Hi, and, I miss you. I love you.
1: I can't wait to play nice with you again.
0: Yeah, miss y'all. Hi. I see Amy, Amy Dallin's out there. Amy, we like you, too. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and, uh, thanks, thanks, thank you, everybody, uh, for being here. And, uh, oh, did we lose Eddie, or did he just, uh...
1: Uh, he's camera off and unmuted.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So, um... Let's just roll back into that. Why don't we start up, uh, um, Kaden, uh, you are at the on-call room. You are maybe uh, sipping a cup of coffee, sitting down, staring out the window. And uh, can you kind of have a daydream about your past? And uh, why don't you tell us what that's like?
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A crack runs up the massive window, and it is my fault. I moved to my knight's household from the Pages Hall three days ago. And The more things I break, the sooner I expect to be sent back as an unfit squire. This window is the worst yet. It is, was, work of art large enough to stretch across the hall, etched with a delicate spiderweb of texture. And somehow through the etching, the view below is razor sharp. Teal grasses dotted with the famous yellow and purple wildflowers of Theta Pixidus, So beautiful and fragile. Glass, Elm world. I turned to face Sonneval who Glowers from the other side of the sparring mat. Sorry for what, Squire? You scored the point, didn't you? It's rude to apologize for winning. It's a humble sort of gloating. No, not for that. For... He follows my gaze to the crack and barks a short laugh. It's glass in a sparring room. What did you think was going to happen, Squire? He jams a limb upward toward me. Help your knight up from the ground for resonance sake. I leverage him up and he moves toward the window, inspecting my ugly handwork. I trail behind. I meant the blast to be directional. I must have given it more amplitude than I intended. You let the power out. It's been refrain every moment of our training for the last three days. Let the power out. Years of habit warn me, no, don't do that. Destruction inevitably follows and the crystal city of Beta-Pixidus is nothing like the backwater moon I grew up on. Back on Eridani, nothing my voice could break was worth breaking anything anyway. Here, the architecture is delicate and the people are refined, their voices are small and measured and exquisitely controlled. By now I've learned back to, ch- to choke back most of my voice's power, but in moments like these, my grip slips. Sonneville reaches for the glass and I swear I can hear the fracture widening. So how exactly am I supposed to control it if I let the power out? Or do knights just destroy everything? Sondeville stops short of the window, and he looks back at me, and all irritation vanished. They never teach you anything in the Pages Hall, do they? Sir? You'll never control what you're afraid of, Squire. Your voice isn't a monster in the shadows. It's a part of you. When you let your power out, you look yourself in the face. You know yourself, what you're capable of. Now don't you ever, ever shy away from that. Sonneveld almost trembles and I can feel the charge in the air as his voice hums with passion. If you don't accept your own power, how can you wield it for good? To protect what's innocent and to prepare what's broken. Sonneveld turns back then and touches the crack in the glass. I flinch, but he pays no heed. He begins to sing, and for the first time, I hear the full force of Sonneville's voice. He's loud. Just like me. Frequency is beyond hearing, and its might buzzes in my chest, and for a horrifying instant, I'm sure that it's too much, that Sonneville's about to shatter his own window as some kind of lesson to me, but no. He directs it effortlessly, and the pain begins to glow with heat as the kinetic force of his voice melts the glass as he touches it. His power is unimaginable, matched only by the control in wielding it. This is a night of the blue. I knew, but I didn't know until now. By the time the glass cools again, there's barely a hint of the crack I caused. Only a faint line joins the spiderweb of etching across the window. No, it was never an etching, was it? It was Sonneville. I join my knight by the window, tracing the lines of his legacy of fractures and repair, breaking and mending failure and recovery. It's beautiful. Sonneville watches the flowers, waving in the wind. It is. Cadrex. Now let's get back to work and teach you how to protect it..
0: Wow. Oh my God. Sam, that... I, I, I think those puppers speak for all of us.
1: Oh my God, sorry.
0: No. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was that was powerful. Um, that was super powerful.
2: Hey,
0: don't apologize.
2: For a victory. That's a humble way of bragging.
1: <laughs> you're very kind and I have you're very kind.
0: I'm great. I'm very sweet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we got we got some pretty decent writers in the cast here. Oh, like wow! Okay. okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, uh, setting a very high bar for the the subsequent. Um, okay. This scr- uh, you
1: realize Omar's writing a novel. By the way, check it out. It's on the uh, Q Times Discord.
0: Yeah, yeah, go to the Q Times Discord and check out Omar's novel. It's really good. Uh, I mean, Doggos love it. It's also really good. Yes, Doggos approve of all of the uh, Power Play cast writings, um, and and you know, Doggos are very hard on literature. I guess, as they say. Um, so, I mean, they ate
1: my homework. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and you know those events just kind of turn around in your mind, you know, relevant now as you train with sort of a new teacher. Um, and, uh, and then you are off. We're going to say it is, you know, uh, let's say we've passed through January now and, uh, we, we are, we are into early February and your training has continued and, uh, let's, uh, Let's say, uh, you are heading back towards, uh, uh, towards, uh, Dose Strong today. And, um, uh, Dexter, you are finishing up with a bunch of kids. Um, I'm going to say Dexter, you, you competed in, uh, uh, this month's, uh, combat club and won another massive purse, which you turned over, uh, to the hospital to pay for those kids at the hospital who you sort of watch over. And, um, that's just kind of what's been going on. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you show up, um, why don't we talk about where you are now in the training? Uh, uh.
2: Um, so how 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 much time has has passed since our last uh, uh,
0: since since your last um, I think we said it was a minute so probably about three weeks or so.
2: I think it's fair to say that um, in terms of intellectually understanding the concepts and the reasoning why techniques are crafted the way they are, and not just that, but extending them and being creative with it, and asking the right questions and interrogating a lot of the core premises and making it their own. I'd say Caden is exceeding, not like better than any student that Dexter has ever had, um, that he's ever seen as well. Like in his own train, like he's it's 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 light years ahead. No pun intended. Um, but then. When it comes, but you know, where the, the deficit is, is just sort of the proprioception, the physical control of the body, um, you know, for reasons that I don't think Dexter fully understands quite yet. Um, that's, it's getting better. It's still lagging behind, but it's definitely catching up. Uh, and I would say there's been a couple instances in sort of technique demos. I think at this point, sparring is starting to happen, proper sparring with headgear, fully padded, Forearm guards, hockey gloves, like real, proper, safe sparring. And, um, and, and that is starting to happen. And, you know, at this point, I'd say Caden is getting some shots in. Caden uh, is able to extend these principles uh, more broadly and, uh, and, and make that and, and make those connections.
0: Great. Caden, how do you think you're doing right about now? where you're at mentally.
1: I have been, (laughs) I don't know what is agitating them. There might be, and I hesitate to even mention it, other people in their world without the permission forms written in triplicate. Nonetheless, we persevere. Uh, Caden is relieved that anything has been starting to click. This is very much, they say that uh, the best thing about banging your head into a wall is it feels so good when you stop. Uh, They know that books are not the best way to train and getting back to something like sparring that approximates the kind of training they feel like they should be doing the way that they should learn has gotten them not just to loosen up in fighting and in training, but perhaps just a very little bit as a person. They seem... Infinitesimally more relaxed.
0: Um, do me a favor, Dexter. Can you make an awareness roll for me? Ten. Ten. Okay. During the last few sessions, in fact, just in your in your life in general, you have sort of started to pick up that uh, you you are being watched. You, you spy a lot of cars, uh, kind of, you know, a couple of Mercedes, BMWs, all with darkened windows. Uh, and you catch them occasionally just sitting outside of Dose Strong, sometimes following you on the walk back home into Fort Trumbull, But nothing has really happened, but you are without a doubt aware that they are there. Um, and during this particular session, uh, on, let's call it, February 10th. Um, towards the end, as the two are finishing up, uh, Clem uh, shows up. And uh, he lets himself in, and he's like, Hey, Dex! Uh, how's it going? How's my champ?
2: Um, fine. How are you, Clem?
0: Can't complain. Well, I could, but I won't. I won't. I won't. Um and uh hey, it's uh the doctor of death you uh you train in here I am
1: yes, one learns from the best
0: I, I thought you only trained kids
2: um yeah, we occasionally take privates uh and you know help help some folks out. <sighs>
0: Very cool, very cool. Hey, maybe I can start uh, counting you to start winning a few, Doctor of Death, huh? Well, and it's funny I should bring that up, because this Friday night, we are doing another bash, and I would like you two to be on the card. You're, you're in the undercard there, Doctor Death, and uh, Dex... I would like you to go toe to toe with Adam Bomb again. Those rounds always bring big money bets. The house does great on those nights.
2: Yeah, you no know, they do. We consistently beat the shit out of each other.
0: We're putting up double the pot for this match. $100,000 purse. Okay. Same match? Same match? Same rules or same, you know, lack of rules. Um, but, uh, you know, I uh, just want to make sure I can count on both of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. 100K,
0: I'll 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 be there. Kaden
1: looks to De- Dexter very quickly. Uh, like, actually looking for the teach, the instructor's approval to compete in it, like this coheres with our training kind of luck.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll do it on, on one condition Clem. What's the condition? Give someone to Caden at a relevant skill level. Don't just have him, don't just feed him just someone at their level.
0: All right. I'll tell you what. Uh, I got a. Uh, I got. I, I. I've got Lionel Farmer lined up. He's looking a little long in the tooth these days, but he's still got a little bit of power behind uh, his attacks. Certainly won't destroy your student, but it won't be easy either.
2: So against him, Caden can do it. Yes. Right.
1: He is long in the tooth, his dental status bespeaks my victory.
2: No, that, yeah, oh yes, 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 indeed.
0: Yes. <laughs> you're, a, yeah, you're a funny one, uh, but uh, great, great. So, see you this Friday. uh, I think that is the 15th. So, same time, Paramore Theater. Let me know if you need anything. And he turns around and he lets himself out.
2: The moment he's out the door, uh, Dexter turns to Caden and says, You can win this. But we've still got a long way to go before then.
1: I will train in every spare moment.
0: All right. Let's get to it. All right. Training montage music starts up. <laughs> um, you know, pick what you want. The magic Bastard. hour. Perpetual yeah. magic yeah. hour training. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, I, I was going to go for the best or maybe going to fly now, but I like that. I like that. Um, so uh, why don't you tell me a little bit? what What is like this, this, this five-day long intensive training like? What, what, what do you have them doing? Uh,
2: light technical sparring, um, for every day, final day, there'll be a full on like match, but before then, uh, light technical, uh, sparring and just a ton of drilling and match specific drilling. So I think, I'm, I, I assume that, you know, based on what we've established, Dexter's probably seen this particular fighter. Uh, and so it's going to be just match specific. It's going to be a lot of footwork. It's gonna be a lot of angling off and trying to defang the snake, which is to get the hand to get the stick out of the hand. Uh, and then I think, um, I think the one movement that is gonna like do well against him is the probably a technique that is, that historically Kaden uh, has had trouble with. So we're gonna be drilling that, and we'll just say it's um, oh, we lost a Rick. <laughs>
1: He's coming back. back
2: in. There we go. Um, I would say that it's a move called Floretti, and it's just basically a from high to low perpetual series of spins like in a slashy movement, but like five or six spins like in one row. So the idea is to get, is to get the stick out of the dude's hand and then, just, and then just immediately go for Floretti and just try to like smack him a few times and get him to turn his back. You get him to turn his back, then you got him.
1: That actually sounds much like what put Caden out in that first fight, based on description. P-
2: probably similar. <laughs> probably <laughs> similar. Um, but I think it's just a lot of drilling that, and then it culminates in like a, a, a day of like where you know where Dexter is not necessarily going to go easy on Caden and just you know try to get them to uh, 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 to, to replicate that combo. Muted, did, bud.
0: All right. You know what? Am I back? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of loving this. Let's just, yeah. Um, let Let's say, uh, you know, o- over this week, your your hours at the hospital, Caden, are are pretty thin, and. um since you live at the hospital in the on-call room, let's say you take a lot of your meals right there in the hospital cafeteria. And uh, let's say over the last month, ever since you're meeting with Tally in that supply closet, uh, she has been joining you for lunch um, on, on a fairly regular basis, you know, whenever you are around. And uh, let's say, you know, I guess my picture of these lunches would probably be the two of you just sitting together fairly silently as you eat, you know, not a lot of conversation. Um,
1: Did you read that article where? Yes. (laughs) What did you think of the methodology? I would have liked to see a larger sample size. Like it's it's journal club in a meet, in in a lunch, which uh, the hospital cafeteria food's not exactly the most inspiring lunch.
0: Yes, a lot of like half questions, truncated answers. You know, sort of little looks and nods, and you know, you know when other people, other doctors walk in, you kind of look over at them, share a knowing glance, and go back to your meal, kind of thing. Um, uh, today and today is a uh, Thursday for Uh,
1: You're skipping in and out like you might be uh, pressing on a button that is muting and unmuting you inadvertently.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I will try to be more careful. I did kind of tap the keyboard. Um, Wow, cool, like effect. Um, So, yeah, um, we'll say, right, you've been having these lunches, but over the last week uh, uh, up until today, we'll say today is Thursday the 14th, the night before the big fight, uh, Tally sort of looks over at you and is like, I noticed you've uh, not been around so much this week.
1: Yes, I coordinated handing off some of my procedures. Though, Doctor, I assure you, all of my patients are cared for.
0: I have no doubt. Um, What I was more curious is, and forgive me for asking, I know, I know this could be invasive, but uh, where you been?
1: I assure you it is no invasion. I have been cultivating connections with people outside of the hospital per your instructions.
0: And And she stops and kind of puts her, you know, carton of milk down and kind of sits back up a little surprised. Dr. D'Alto, do you, uh, do you have a friend?
1: I regret to inform you that I was not able to completely acquiesce to your directions. I do not have a dog. But, yes, perhaps... I could be so bold as to characterize him as a friend.
0: She picks up her milk and takes a long draw from the straw and then puts it down. I think this is a great start. You know what? I'll always be time for a dog later.
1: I do not understand their utility. Can you explain to me, please?
0: Um, Milk. (laughs) Milk. Yeah, and uh, as she sort of uh, awkwardly uh, tries uh, explaining to you, um, did we lose uh
1: this? I might be camera off for just a brief moment, but there is one other thing that I'm doing in the hospital today.
0: Sure, what are you doing today?
1: Uh, What is her name? She is... I have a very keen memory for things that... I prioritize. I am also extremely good at triaging details, so I will recall her. Frip. Her name is Frip, and I bring her a flowers.
0: Yeah, Abigail is uh, standing over the nurses' station, kind of like barking out, you know, orders about you know patients who need medicine and you know things that need to be done. And uh, how do you do this? How do you want it, to do this?
1: I put <laughs> it down uh, unceremoniously in front of her. So at least a couple petals fall off and onto the chart that she is marking uh, up on that countertop at the nurse's station. I have brought you a flowers, I say.
0: And, and, and this, uh says, and, and looks, looks a little startled. Um, you want me to take these to a patient or something? Three weeks and
1: four days ago, you told me that you care about me. My understanding of this day, the 14th of February, according to the solar cycle, is when tokens of appreciation, typically botanical in nature, are awarded to people one cares about or who cares about one. Therefore, I present you with this token of botanical affection.
0: They need water. she stares at you for a second like face frozen and then like her eyes like kind of open up like a Disney character and sort of like, you know, almost well up with tears and she's a Oh my God. Are you a hugger?
1: Characterizes that.
0: Do you like hugs? Yes. And she kind of like jumps on you and gives you like the warmest hug, you know, and just sort of like, Dr. Dialto, thank you so much. This is, this is so touching. I didn't, you know, I always, I gotta, I thought, I I, I thought you hated me. Pat,
1: Pat, Pat. No.
0: Under that gritty... Unemotional exterior, you, you're, you're, you're a big softy, aren't you?
1: Well, yes. Our bodies are comprised of liquids and soft tissue and organs, as you well know, as a pediatric surgeon.
0: Yeah, they are. And she gives you like another big, like sort of warm hug. Oh, this is compressive. And then she kind of lets you go, and kind of. Like, wipes the tears from her eyes and kind of picks up the flowers and kind of smells them. And she's just sort of like, this is great. You know, I, I think, I think we're going to be, I think we're just going to be like the best friends. It's okay. You don't have to say anything. It's okay. I, I know how you feel too now. And she like takes her flowers and she's just kind of like, I'm going to go put these in water. And and, and she sort of like just takes off down the hall really fast.
1: What have I done?
0: And the nurse kind of looks down at the pedals on the floor and is just sort of like, you going to clean those up?
1: Of course, at once. And, and then on I that- follow the directions of the overlord of the hospital.
0: <laughs> and on that, we will cut to the following evening. It is February 15th the night of the big fight and uh let's say we uh we will get we will just uh say that the two of you uh meet up at dose strong before the fight um dexter do you have any last minute words of advice or any last minute anything you want to impart upon your pupil before you head over to the Paramore theater
2: (sighs) yes i think um I kind of just, uh, I I do some just, you know, some overall just standard coach style checks, right? Check the gear, uh, you know, imagine you're taped up a little bit, um, and just check all that. um, And then just before we kind of separate and go, you know, before you go out to the thing, I just look at you and say, we've never met anyone like you. And that's OK. Every fight is unique. And every, your participation in every fight is unique. You go out there. You cannot control what he does. But you can control how you respond to it. Fight your fight, play your game, and keep doing it until he falls.
1: Every time I have come here to engage in combat, I have been assured of my victory. It was perhaps, in those early instances, premature. But I find myself better prepared than I have ever been. Thanks to you.
2: Chin down, eyes up. You got this. Pat on the back.
0: And you make your way over to the Paramore Theater. And, uh, you know, you get there a little early, you head back, there's, like, sort of a little locker room theater that they bought, built in, like, you know, what used to be, like, the backstage area of the actual, you know, theater, when it was operated as a theater. Like, one of those old-timey theater-type places. Uh, you know, so it's kind of, like, literally behind a curtain. Um, and, uh, yeah, um... Slowly, the crowd fills in. Clem kind of comes by, says hello, looks you over, is like, hey, you ready for your uh, your big match with Lionel Farmer?
1: Are his teeth still long?
0: (laughs) Well, they are now, but uh, let's hope that when you get done with him, he ain't got those teeth anymore. Am I right?
1: I will aspire to removing the small bone's of his face for glory and victory.
0: I like that spirit. And uh, how you doing big decks? How you feeling about tonight?
2: We're <sighs> to clock in.
0: I like that spirit too. All right. So uh, good luck you two. I'll see you after the games. And he takes off. And, uh, yeah, the the crowd, like I said, fills in, and and, and it is a packed house. The odds are not great on you, Caden. The odds are pretty good on you, Dexter. You are the favorite against uh, the Atom Bomb. There are uh, only three fights on tonight's bill, and, uh, Caden, you are the first one, and uh, you... You get that whole same introduction. The announcer makes his way to the ring and it's like, hey, welcome to Combat Club. And he explains the rules to everybody, just like at the beginning. And uh, he introduces, like, in this corner tonight, please welcome back a perennial here at Combat Club, Lionel. and the crowd kind of gives him yeah it's like you know there's some cheers and like you know polite applause it's like he's sort of not the most uh, you know he's not the most inspiring fighter he's a little bit of an old guy he's fought quite a bit they've seen him a lot Um, and, and he comes down and he gets into the ring and he starts you know doing some stuff with his sticks showing off a little bit and then now in this corner returning once again, looking for their first victory here at Combat Club. Caden, the doctor of death, D'Alto. And uh, boom, spotlight follows you down to the ring and you are able to climb in and Farmer's kind of standing there, nods at you respectfully. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling well, I'm feeling strong and I wish you a good battle.
0: Same to you, kid. And the the, the ref pushes you back to your uh, corners, and he's like, remember, folks, try not to kill anyone. We would appreciate that, although I guess technically it doesn't violate the rules, but, you know. And uh, he steps back. Y'all ready? All right, let's do this! And uh, he... Signals the start of the match. The bell rings. The crowd goes nuts. Kaden, make me a prowess roll against Lionel Farmer.
1: Hey, buddy. Uh, how would you feel as as my teacher? Yes. Uh, if I spent that point Take of it. community determination Take it. in the fight because I it. have. How have I managed to be this not from around here and not given myself even a point of trouble all evening? <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> I were the.
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god you probably did a couple of not from around here things that should have counted but
1: <laughs> but we didn't call them <laughs>
0: but we didn't call them oh, man and i did that all on purpose just so you would have to do that and then yeah that's really on me Good as much thing as like... i don't
1: have a reputation of like playing the game mechanics super hard for power gaming and advantage because i'd feel real silly right now if i if i were like that
0: I'm glad some of our other uh, players are in chat right now because this is a valuable lesson to them for their own games to remember to call your troubles when you play them. Um, but too late for Caden. Okay, you're spending the point of community determination. Yes. Uh, what are you spending it on?
1: Uh, I'm going to spend to add two to my role. And uh, I, what quality
0: I, are you invoking?
1: I think I am activating all work, no play in that uh Caden is not floor using any flourishes, but neither are they approaching this fight for once braggadociously. They aren't doing yeah. it with certainty that they are going to win. They're circling, they're watching and confirming that Lionel comes in the ways that Dexter has coached them, the ways that they have trained for uh they're approaching this finally the way that they really do approach this kind of fighting
0: work. That's I like fire. that. Um I was curious to see what you're gonna do there, but uh I like that. that. That that ties it all together very nicely. So yeah, um what is your role with the uh with the plus two? Oh
1: uh, let's find out die please don't betray me ah! I promise. I promise. I promise. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's a narrative die. This die has been weird all night. It's been weird all night. Oh my! You know, no. no. The people people gonna be thinking I'm rolling like weird fucking narrative cheaty dice. Um, What's total? it's it, Let's see. Um, two plus three. Plus
0: Eleven. Okay.
1: Oh, oh um, wow! Cool. Hey.
0: Come on. on, Lion Farmer is tougher than the swagger was, uh, but that is still a moderate success. So Uh. this is a long, brutal fight. The two of you pound away on each other with those sticks. And there's, you know, there's some... Uh, some other stuff in there, you know. Uh, by the way, Dexter, if you want us to have security down there to get those members of the crowd away from you, you just let us know. I'm you, trying, like, man. Dexter's being she, swarmed by the crowd. She's, uh, He's very popular.
2: She's anytime she sees dice, she goes nuts. She just loves, loves.
1: After my own heart.
2: Oh yeah. my god! I know. I was like complaining about it the other day to my wife, and she's like, she wants to play with your dice. Why are you complaining about this?
0: I, I don't think there's a single person here or watching that cannot relate to that. Um, so so yeah, this, this one is going to leave its mark on you. You know, it, it it goes, let's say the full, let's say these fights are eight rounds and this one goes the full eight rounds and it is utterly brutal, but right there at the end, yeah, you just get to land a shot to the side of the head. And just like Dexter coach, you, you, you play that move. Yep. Exactly around and. It hits, hit Lionel Farmer on the other side. And he just, you know, it's like slow motion, like a Rocky movie, just kind of falls and boom. The sound of him hitting the mat just echoes throughout the entire theater. And the crowd just like jumps to their feet. Everybody's shocked. And the ref comes in there and counts, two, three, four, five, six. And Farmer kind of puts his hands down on the mat, seven, eight. And he kind of tries getting to one knee, nine, and it looks like he's about to get up. And then just as he's pushing himself up, slips again and falls back down, ten. And the bells ring and the ref kind of runs over and he grabs your arm and he puts it up. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, buy a knockout. Securing their first victory of their career at Combat Club. Kaden, the Doctor of Death, D'Alto, and the crowd just screaming, going crazy. A lot of people just lost money on this because nobody was expecting you to come out in the form you were in tonight.
2: Dexter is not shy about his feelings here. He is, this is the loudest he has cheered for anything. Certainly you have seen or anybody in here has seen. And then second of that, uh, Eddie will feel pride as a free action.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling this. Oh my God. If you hadn't won that role, I would feel so guilty right now. Um, And, uh, yeah, and uh, you are, you know, helped back uh, to the backstage area as the second fight begins. Um, You two want to talk about anything, do anything, uh, you know, between the two fights? I mean,
2: um, (laughs) uh, Dexter's going to pull a Pat Berry and just go up and, and just say, I knew you had it. You had it. You had it from moment one. You had this.
1: I did the footwork you instructed me.
2: The footwork was there. You took too many shots to the head. We're still going to work on that. But everything, yes, everything else was good. Everything else. You got, you, you got in. If you're ready, you stayed I inside. Got, yeah, I you got. got the Floretti. You got everything down. Got this. And then um, there's a beat and then just a big hug.
0: I'm beginning to enjoy this.
2: Good, good. Go enjoy some ice and then uh, pass you on the shoulder
0: yeah and dexter it's your turn um uh while, while the two of you are, are you know uh, you know while you're icing down your wounds and, and and you're getting kind of getting amped up for the fight uh second fight goes off and then uh yeah announcer uh announces your opponent adam the atom bomb uh Percelli, and he makes his way down to the ring first dances around looking tough looking look like he's he he's trained up for this one uh and then they uh they they you know call Dexter Bell and uh, lead you down the aisle um uh, do you think we have like entry music gotcha. oh,
2: yeah uh, uh it would be um Sexy Boy by Air
0: uh <laughs> I love it um so yeah they lead you down to Sexy Boy by Air and uh, you, you make your way to the ring, and uh, Adam, the atom bomb, is standing there, and he just looks all business, looking at you, staring, just, you know, you can read the tension in his face. And the ref gives his big, you know, pre match spiel, introducing you, going through the whole there are no rules kind of thing. Ask the two of you not to kill each other. And uh, yeah, and uh, the bell rings. The crowd goes wild, as we can hear there in the background. Yep. And um uh, and uh Dexter, give me a prowess roll against Adam the Adam Bomb for this
2: <gasps> All right, let me just do my prowess here. Okay. Uh,
0: your prowess is destroy sick. him.
2: That's a glorious night. victory. A lot of nights Nine. tonight. That was a lot of okay. nights.
0: Okay. Um once again, a moderate success. So this is another one of these just brutal eight rounders. uh, And it's like just back and forth. You are almost you are surprised. uh, You know, Adam, Adam, the Adam Bomb Percelli has never been this good before and Mm -hmm. has clearly been working on it. And, uh, you know, first round goes by. You think you've got this second round he takes, you know, and then he takes a couple of rounds. You are a little bit, you know, thinking you know, you're off your game. Has he gotten better? What's going on? You you kind of turn on the juice and, and, and kind of see it through the end. And then again, right at the end, uh, do you, do you want to talk, uh, you know, uh, how you finish this fight off? How do you, how do you finish him? Sure, sure. I First, I make sure all toddlers are in a safe position. Uh, and then,
2: uh, yeah, I think I think this one is – Okay, yeah, so um, all throughout the fight, uh, I've just been doing a very, like, as a quick jab, like just a straight top-down strike, and I I start it fast, and then as the rounds go on, I intentionally do it a little bit slower, and then um, towards the end of the fight, like basically in the final setup, I go for it, like probably the slowest I've done, I wait for him to go for a specific block, but before, it's actually just a fake I just fake it and then pass behind uh, my hand here, and then uh, slash across the ribs, and then do a a thrusting strike into the top part of his uh, just where sternum ends, and that just takes takes the wind right out of him, and he just drops to his knees.
0: Yeah, he drops to his knees, and 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 we're gonna say you know he is in so much just sharp pain, he actually just taps out of this one. And uh, yeah, crowd goes wild again. It's like, you know, and, uh, uh, and ref grabs your hand and he's like, well, folks, thank you for another great night uh, at Combat Club. We will be back next week. And he explains whatever next week's extravaganza is. And yeah, it's like, you know, you are exhausted, just 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 like Caden, just totally beaten up. And uh, you you make your way back to the backstage area where Caden uh, is still there waiting for you. Um Y'all want to talk about anything?
2: (sighs) Oh, I can't. I got like, I got like 10 good more of these in me.
1: Your victory was glorious. I saw all of the looks that you were giving him and and the preparation to the feint. It was a many piece tactical dance. It was, your work is beautiful.
2: Yeah, Thank you. He's, he's, he's really, he's tougher than me, but he's kind of dumb. So like, I just, I had to lean on that. Oh, God.
0: And uh, Clem Pascoe walks in smoking a cigar. He's like, oh, fantastic. The both of you, just absolutely fantastic. I I, I couldn't, couldn't have asked for more. What a show. Uh, uh, Dexter, can I talk to you uh, in the hallway for a minute?
2: Yeah, uh, you can talk as you're counting out the uh,
0: purse for tonight. Of course, of course, of course, you know. Uh always my favorite part of the night is rewarding my fighters. Uh, yeah. uh yeah, just this way over here. And uh he, he he starts to you know he leads you out towards the hallway. Um Caden, K- uh, I'm gonna make an awareness roll for you here. Oh, where'd that go? Okay, um Caden you detect a little bit of nervousness in Clem's voice, but that's all. And uh, Dexter, Clem leads you out into the hallway, and he shuts the door behind you. And he's like, I'm going to get that person just a minute, Dex. Uh, but uh, yeah. I'm sorry, man. And uh, as you are contemplating what that means, from sides of the hallway, two big giant dudes in dark sunglasses and suits come kind of from one side. And then from the other side, two other big giant dudes in sunglasses and suits come. And uh, walking with them is that uh, that guy who we said was played by Taron Egerton, who showed up before. And he's, uh, he's smoking a cigarette, kind of walks towards you, it's hey, told you we would meet again, Dexter Bell. Surprised and indeed we,
2: indeed we have. You have a promising career as a psychic.
0: <laughs> you funny guy. You, uh, you recognize me? You know me? Come on. The scent's familiar. My name is Carlo Jurek. Yeah. You arrested my father in Estrovia, General Ilya Jurek. You remember General Ilya Jurek? Yep. Well, I figure since my father's rotten away in an American prison somewhere, you should probably be rotting somewhere, too. Seem fair, right?
2: uh slow nod as dexter kind of looks around looking at exits looking numbers looking at positioning just making awareness to make anything. for all yeah <laughs> uh the fates have d- decided to give me a roll of 1 so that's a 6 <laughs> total
0: um, this hallway has only got two exits and they are both being blocked by, uh, those big giant guys in, uh, sunglasses. I would say, uh, you got a one and your awareness is a five. five. So on oh, yeah. a six, you are able to pick up that these guys are armed, although none of them are actually holding their guns in hand at this point. They are, you know, kind of, they've all got them in those kind of, you know, shoulder holsters that you can, you know, that, that obvious bulge is kind of right there. Um, and uh, Clem is just sort of like, well, I'm going to gonna let y'all handle this, and he kind of backs through the door. Caden, you see Clem back, back into the room and shut the door and sort of stand there. <sighs> Takes a deep breath.
1: Don't I have winnings as well?
0: And he sort of turns, what?
1: I understand that I was on the undercard, but surely I should... Follow Dexter, and you should give me my winnings as well
0: why don't you make it a from? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: this is a very narrative die uh it doesn 't like me much more than it likes uh Dexter. that was a two on the dice, plus my grand awareness three uh said five
0: and he 's just uh oh um. Yeah, I do owe you some money, don't I? Um, don't you just wait here, and I will go get it. And he just walks off briskly in another direction, leaving you there. Dexter, let's head back to you for a second. Um, yeah, you are cornered. Carlo Jerich sort of walks up on you, and uh, he kind of gets in your face a little bit. And he's just sort of like, now, I could just kill you right here. I mean, what better place to kill a man than a place that nobody would even want to admit that they visited, right? But uh, don't necessarily want to do that. Why don't you just come with me Quietly. Yeah. Go for a walk. Nice. Caden, what are you doing right now? Uh,
1: I would like to enter into the room that Clem left from. Not the direction he's going, but the room where my mentor went to continue congratulating him. And also because that clearly has to be where the winnings actually are. If they're the winnings for him better for winnings for me as well. So if it's locked, I'll knock. But otherwise, I would like to go in and join him.
0: Um, is it locked? Uh, I'll tell you what. Let me see it. It's not locked. Uh, the door just kind of opens up, and um, you peek your head in, and you see uh, Dexter sort of starting to walk down the hallway. Uh, there are three guys surrounding them. Two of them are sort of big giant dudes in sunglasses. One of them is that, that guy that you saw that day at his, uh, at Dose Strong, uh, that Dexter talked to you about, you know, when he told you his story about Astrovia and the military, uh, and, uh, do me a favor, make an awareness roll. Six. And, uh, that's all you notice for now.
2: I think Dexter sees Caden come out.
0: Yeah. I'll Dexter catch up with you later.
2: I'll catch up with you later, Caden.
0: Of course. And uh yeah, you keep heading towards the door, Dexter. Caden, do me a favor, make another awareness roll. Five. you don't really yeah you know you, you're a little weirded out by his i'll catch up with you later and the presence of these guys but you don't notice as sort of these two giant guys who were standing on the other side of the hallway kind of push past you and one of them kind of like slams into you as he goes by uh and uh as he goes into you do me a favor make another awareness roll
1: That's clocked. Um, my friend, if you're waiting for awareness to give a successful check, I have terrible news for you. Not this day.
0: Uh, what did you get?
1: It's another five.
0: Another five. Oh um, yeah. Okay. The,
1: the die has ceased to be plot convenient.
0: Yeah, but this guy's willpower is a lot less. So, um, than, than, than Carlo, Jurek, or Clem. So, as he goes by... You are still fairly indifferent to what is going on here, assuming that this is just some Earth thing that you don't understand with Dexter suddenly leaving with a bunch of weird dudes in dark suits. But he as he goes by... He
1: specifically told me to run away from.
0: Yeah. As you go by, this guy goes by and slams you into the wall. You feel his gun brush against you.
1: Are any of them looking back...
0: Make a willpower roll. That's as good as my it.
1: awareness. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Nine. Max die.
0: No, you are sort of quiet enough after they push you into the wall. You hold your tongue. You don't say anything. You just, you don't move. You just let them go by. And they just don't, you know, pay you no mind at all. They just keep on walking. So, no, nobody's looking at you.
1: Uh what has Dexter taught Caden about engaging in fights, not just in ring, but uh in general? Timing engagements, Dexter conditions of engagement, spaces, because there are two people versus what five? in a hallway, there are weapons, what have we talked about in terms of actual practical street combat?
2: Yeah, I think, so what, I think what Dexter's probably said to you is, um, it's probably in the form of, probably at the end of a training session, he said something like, fighting for sport, for training, it's a controlled environment. There's rules, it's a, it's a, it's a contract you enter into, set of parameters. All those go out the rule or all those go out the window when you're in the world fighting. The third person in the fight with you is the setting. And understand that. The person who understands that and understands space management the best is probably the one who's gonna win. And it goes back to what I was saying about a force multiplier. You hit somebody with a stick once, that's just a one-to-one level of force. You hit someone with a stick and knock them into a fire extinguisher cabinet, or you trip them up so that their person, so that their buddy has to help them up. Then you've multiplied your force. The people who can be a force multiplier in a real-life environment are the ones who usually win it. Something like that.
1: Multiplication of force. No one looks behind, and Caden will drop to the ground. and I'd like to make a power roll.
0: What are you trying to do? Uh,
1: you know, a uh, uh, low to mid-level earthquake. You ripple it, the ground.
0: Oof, yeah, oh, great. Uh, your power right now, Caden, uh, since we are way back when, what? is at a level three, so- it And, and, and it you has you an have to uh-oh roll
1: die again. Your
0: uh-oh die, yeah. <laughs> Good remember Aiden uh-oh die goes off you're The good all news is it won't. I rolled
1: that before the power roll just just to know. Just to know. Uh so let's see how this goes. Hey, all right. Cool. 5 plus 8 8.
0: Okay. Um yeah, you unleash the voice on the floor and this ripple shoots through the ground kind of like rocks a tiny little bit and those I'm going to say uh, four of those guys, everybody except Carlo Jurek himself are not clean off their feet. Carlo Jurek kind of, you know, almost kind of, you know, almost falls, but manages to stay up. Um, Dexter, I am going to say the rocking of the ground kind of, strikes you a little bit weird. You've been around when explosions have gone off. You have been around when, you know, when some serious shit has gone down with artillery and bombs and things like that. And I'm I'm gonna play your trouble of, uh, I've been through hell against you. So for a little while, you are a little frozen as you feel the ground kind of shaking beneath you. You also fall off your feet and just kind of sit there on the ground, like wondering what the hell is going on. Four of those guys are on the floor. Uh, They all took a certain amount of damage, but none of them are knocked out. Um, Caden, let's say, actually, and Dexter, you two. Everybody roll initiative. Your initiative is your coordination.
1: That's a seven for me.
0: Seven for you. Max die, that's 11. 11. Woo! Uh, okay, so Dexter, you go first. Then two of the bad guys go. Then Caden, then Carlo, then the other two bad guys. Um, so, Dexter, you would go first, but the trouble I played against you is going to cost you your first turn. But you will have a point of determination to spend now.
2: Okay. All right.
0: So, okay. So, so. <laughs> so, yeah, you're just you're you're frozen for now. Which brings okay, up fine. one of that's the bad fine. guys, and that bad guy is going to attack. I'll say odds for Caden, even for Dexter, is uh, going to attack Caden. Um, that bad guy, uh, he kind of gets to his feet and sort of charges at you, kind of like a bull. Um, that's going to be a prowess roll for him,
1: and a dodge coordination with. Footwork for me getting off the line of his charge okay seven
0: seven yeah and you kind of get out of the way and this guy apparently a little bit still you know rocked by 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 the earthquake a little, little off his game there just kind of like blows past you and, and, and kind of tries to tries to hit you and kind of jumps at you and, and winds up hitting the floor doesn't 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 even touch you um, the next bad guy goes, uh, and he is going to attack Dexter, um, and, uh, while you are there, this guy kind of just gets to his feet, and he just kicks you, like, hard in the ribs. Uh, Dexter, he, um, you lose your turn to attack, but you can defend. That would be a prowess roll here, so make a prowess roll and let me know how you do. Your prowess is six. Six.
2: Max, uh, so 12, max die.
0: 12, okay, wow. Uh, yeah, he kicks you in the ribs, but uh, this guy is apparently nothing compared to a seasoned fighting champion like yourself, and this kick just, it lands, and you just, you know, it's nothing to you. You're fine. Um, uh, so that brings up, Kaden. it is your turn.
1: Uh the one who is down, the one who attempted to bull rush me and failed, I'd like to uh, slam my uh, butt of my stick into the night night zone.
0: Okay, Uh at the so back of the skull. You get your weapons bonus for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So.
1: I sure did do spend that point of community determination for a fight for 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 it's fine. Uh okay. Uh that was a five on five on the narrative little die. Um uh, yay. Uh five plus prowess plus weapon, nine.
0: Nine. Okay. Yeah. And you just slam that dude like right in the side of the head. And uh plus the damage he took. That is that is a major success. So you do your full damage, which is... Uh, you're fighting with the baton.
1: Yeah, so with this one, that's
2: four? Four?
0: Yeah, four. Okay, so that guy... Too. All right, that dude is unconscious. Um, which brings up Carlo Jurek. He pulls his gun out and fires down the hallway at you, Caden. Oh, fucking it. Seven? Seven. He misses. Uh, The bullet sort of whizzes by your head and uh Car- carlo is just sort of he he he's sort of super steamed uh and uh or or, or just not very good at aiming and it just you know even, even though you are not super far from him he just completely misses which brings up one of the the next uh henchmen and uh the next henchman is going to attack it's an odd so that is dexter uh this henchman just Punches right down at you, Dexter. Uh, you can you can roll prowess if you want to try and take the hit like you did last time, or yep. coordination if you want to try and dodge.
2: Okay. I want to, you know, for narrative's sake, I'm going to try to dodge, even though it's a worse. Okay,
0: scenario. and don't forget, you also have a point of determination. You don't have to spend it now. Yeah. When you do spend it, you can add plus two to a roll, oh, I'm or and okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> Hilly is gonna anyway. Uh, that was that was a seven total.
0: Seven. Uh, okay. So that is, that is a marginal success. I'm, I'm going to say that that makes it sort of my call. Uh, I'm going to say is that like you, you sort of just kind of roll out of the way just as that, you know, punch is coming down at you and it just kind of barely grazes off the side of your head and does like absolutely no damage at all. And you're fine. Um, the, na- the next tension, the last tension in the order, uh, he is going to come after Caden again. Uh, and he, uh, say this guy has been getting to his feet while Dexter was dealing with the other guy. And this guy pulls out a gun and also fires down the hall at you.
2: Max guy,
1: uh, 10.
0: Oh, yeah, he misses by a mile uh, at 10. Yeah. Um, Also, you know, maybe just a bad marksman, maybe just thrown from that earthquake before.
1: Maybe Uh, I'm just that good, Rick. Come on.
0: Anything's (laughs) possible, I suppose.
1: Uh, Not that. That's not actually possible, but, you know, I live in hope. uh,
0: So that brings us back up to the top of the order. Dexter Vale, it is your turn. there are two henchmen and Carlo Jurek right, behind, right kind of in your reach. And there are two guys who are further down the hallway, uh, like, you know, I don't know, maybe about eight feet or so, who are closer to Ka- uh, Caden.
2: All right. Um, so it just makes the most sense to start with the people closest to me, since they're the ones who can neutralize me first. Uh, and I already know that they're armed uh but you can't fire a gun if you can't move your hand so how uh in terms, act- in terms of action- in terms of action economy, good. how many attacks do I get with this just the one on one person or what can i what can i do here
0: uh yeah, you just get one attack okay. on one person
2: all right uh so guy nearest me, I'm literally just going to. I, I've still got my stick in my hand.
0: I'm just going to smit. Yeah. Hang on. What I will say is uh, your character has a plus three yes. in martial arts. I do. Um, which you, you always add to your attacks if you're attacking with martial arts. Oh, but What that I means am. is you can also do stunts with them. So you could mm. try and do something like I want to try and do some crazy martial arts move that knocks these three guys off their feet. You can use that means a stunt could be something, yeah. you know, to do something that normally you wouldn't do with your, your abilities. So, like, you know, I want to try and, you know, kick something that, you know, that falls on them, or, or something like that, or, or you know, anything you can think of that, you know, might do more damage. That is within your 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 range if you spend a point of determination to do it. But that's up to you.
2: Uh, and I've got one point of determination banks currently.
0: Yeah, just the one.
2: Just the one. Okay. All right. I'm still gonna say, but but, I can, but can I do a stunt without the determination or no?
0: Uh, no, so you got to spend the stunt so. to do this. Yeah. Okay.
2: So what I think then what I'll do is, um, just the, yeah, just the jump next to me in a straight attack, but it's, it's literally okay. going for just a. I'm just, I'm taking the hand. Uh, okay. so plus three, uh, plus what's the, it's prowess. Yeah.
0: Prowess. So it's uh, yeah, plus nine to whatever your role is. And you're attacking one of the henchmen with the guns or you're attacking Carlo with his guns. Carlo. Okay.
2: If they're all equidistant to me, then I'll go for Carlo first. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm specifically trying to disarm. So it's uh, total on the on the the total roll value is fourteen.
0: Fourteen! Wow. Um,
2: Nine to five, baby.
0: Okay, that's, that's a massive dance. success. Uh, which means you you easily knock the gun from Carlo's hands, but at the same time, you also I'm gonna say you you break that hand, and cool. uh, you deal. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, you deal a good amount of damage to Carlo, and I'm gonna say he like kind of falls to the ground, gripping his hand and just screaming in pain. Uh, Is that a free
2: action kind of kick he gun away? What? As a free action, can I kick his gun
0: away? Uh, yeah, I'll, up I'll see to you can. Up to yeah, you. Okay. sure. Movement is free. That one's like a borderline example, but, you know, given the situation we're in and how close quarters everything is and and the fact that you you had a massive success, I'm going to say sure.
2: I was going to say Millie was going to be very upset if I could.
0: not We don't want that, certainly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you kicked that gun away. Um, that brings up uh, the next henchman. uh. You know, I'm going to say the henchman, um, you know what? I'm going to say the henchman, seeing his boss go down screaming, uh, he, he puts his gun away and kind of throws himself over Carlo uh, to protect <laughs> him, um, using his turn to just sort of shield his boss. Uh, and that brings up you, Caden, because you already knocked out the other henchman between you.
1: Yes. Uh I'm going to having felt the location of the gun on the person of the man I knocked out remove said gun and move up toward uh Carlo and the bodyguard and not fire but aim i'm 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 uh pinning the pawn uh over the king, so it would be a revealed check
0: uh yeah, so uh roll.
1: I almost rolled a die that wasn't the die I'm rolling tonight. Can't do. This die has story in it. I don't know why. Oh wow, we really do be having story though. Okay, uh, four.
0: Four. Uh, so that's ten total. Or yeah, ten. Total.
1: Oh,
0: uh, no, nine uh, total.
1: No, I I I mean total, but it was actually five that's a, that's a five total it had it had bad story it had it had one min die oh, energy yeah gotcha yeah um, that.
0: okay so uh yeah, no, you kinda try and pull that maneuver and uh I'm gonna say um you kind of trip on the floor that you broke and just completely miss
1: yeah can um, let's go. <laughs>
0: Carlo Jurek would come next, but he is just absolutely just screaming in pain. Um, That brings up one of the next henchmen who's going to attack Dexter. Uh, This guy, uh, seeing that you broke uh, his boss's hand, goes to kind of deliver another kick to your ribs. Um, You can uh, prowess if you want to take it. I'm going to prowess
2: this one because... In true Muay Thai fashion, you block kicks in the body by just taking them. Uh alright. That's uh that's not that great. It's a it's a seven.
0: Well, this guy got a one, so um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you you again easily absorb that uh no damage. And uh and the last guy is gonna come after you again. I'm sorry. Uh so uh this dude turns he is going to fire a gun at you, so you're going to have to sort of... Uh, um... I'll, I'll, I'll dodge this one. Yeah, that's... I'm
2: not going to try to take this one. All right, so uh, the seven again. T- uh, twos and threes all day.
0: All right. These guys are the shittiest marksmen uh, on this side of Astrovia because this guy also got a one. Um, I think red die has turned against me. I um, and... remember how shitty a shot they were. Yeah, he fires just straight down at the ground and, and you know, looks like, he, you know, trying to hit you and, and he just, you know, he just barely misses hitting his own foot. And, and, and just like I'm going to say, it's like his, his role is so terrible so like he barely misses hitting his own foot and sort of like, you know, frightens himself and almost falls off balance. Um, uh, that brings you back up, Dexter.
2: Apologies, my daughter dumped my dice. Uh, okay, cool. So the guy. Um, I, I the guy feel who, the
0: same way about my dice often.
2: The guy who fired a gun at me uh, is, is obviously needs to be dealt with. He's so, right next to you. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm just going to straight up attack. Uh, three plus. Seven, uh, uh, that's 12.
0: 12. Yep. Ooh. Uh, okay. But with 12, that is still a moderate success. This guy did really good, but still not good enough for 12. Um, and, uh, what was your attack?
2: Oh, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. I, I kind of just juke to one side as I come to another. Uh, I'm, I'm hitting his, I'm hitting his hips and his, uh, cause I imagine he probably fired close like this. So I, I hit his hips like uh, gut area to get him to like drop his hands. So I, I hit him, I, I, I kind of like zigzag in a Z pattern and then as I close the distance I just strike him just straight across on, on the hips. Just I, I I hear the thunk of wood on bone uh, and it just it not not something, you don't expect to get hit in the hip very often. Uh, and And this guy with the European low-cut jeans, his top of the hip bone was just right there. I just went for it.
0: Yeah, this dude is, okay, um, damaged, boom. All right, he is also unconscious. I'm going to say Carlo is in too much pain to fight anymore, and those last two henchmen who are on their feet kind of look at each other, and they run and take off down the hallway and exit through that middle doorway, leaving Carlo and the two unconscious guys. What do you want to do?
1: Caden gets up and is just looking straight at Dexter, clearly ready to take their cue from him.
2: Um, the earthquake. Um, I'm trying to think of how Dexter
0: would process this right now. Um, While he's processing, Carlo's like, ah, "If you let us go, I'll make you a rich man." Just kind of grabs his hand, and he's just like clearly still, you know, just writhing in pain.
2: I uh, slowly just put the um, my stick uh, in his armpit and then twist so that it hammer locks him and I put just the foot in the small, uh, his back and just hold him there. And, um, I just, uh, and I look up and I, I say, what do you think we should do, doctor? He is your enemy. I want to get his phone off of him.
0: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I won't even make you roll for that. You know he is essentially defenseless at this point, and you do find a phone in his uh, inside pocket.
2: I get down. Oh, <laughs> that was my daughter. Uh, good job, baby. Um, Aww. I get. Um, I get down to his ear, and I just say, "We found your father." off of things he left in the trash. I have your phone, which means I can find you or anyone in 48 hours. You know this. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to ask that you leave here
0: now and never come back. Make a willpower roll. Your willpower... Oh, it's six. Carlos willpower. Carlos all willpower. Right. Can I have that die, baby? Thank you. And you still <laughs> have that point of determination if you want.
2: Uh, no need. Uh, max die. So that's a 12 uh, total. Uh, I've, I've been rolling twos and threes all night, so I, I earned that one. Um,
0: Carlos got a lot of willpower too, but that beats him. Uh, that is um, a moderate success, and he clearly gets the message. And he's just, I leave the country tonight. And on your way out, be sure to
2: make a generous donation to the Children's Hospital.
0: And he nods, and as he gets to his feet, he just kind of keeps nodding as he backs towards the door at the end of the hallway. And he hits the door, that agent that, that you were headed towards originally. He runs out, and those two kind of henchmen kind of follow him out with him, leaving the two of you alone.
2: I look at a doctor, and I say, one dead enemy leads to more enemies. Fear and control His force multiplied. We should probably talk to Clem at some point. He betrayed you. He betrayed his own fear. He's a simple guy. They're dudes with submachine guns and shitty clothes. It's the outcome with the highest probability. <sighs> I'm going to get my purse, and I'm done fighting here.
1: As am but, I might I would never do combat for so dishonorable a man.
2: But I am not done training you. You are different.
1: Dexter, if you were a warrior, then I think you understand that that man is not going to stop, even if he does leave the country. You cannot move predictably, not if your location is known.
2: We learned and made peace with a simple fact a long time ago. The result of our work is never going to be done. We're never going to stop feeling the effects of it. It will be with us in some form or another forever or until at least I'm no longer here I can't control that I can't control what my opponent does I can only control the space around me and all that matters is what I do in this time right now in the space around me so what I'm going to control is getting paid and then driving right down to the hospital and paying some more bills. That's direct action. That's effective action. And the rest is just noise.
1: You will receive a physical exam while you are there, I insist. Y-
2: yes, because Al.
1: I agree. That was far too much after a combat that we already engaged in.
0: And... Uh unless anybody has any last words to sum up, I'm going to say you do exactly that. Uh, You collect your money from Clem's assistant. Clem has left the premises Um, and uh, you, uh, you both head to the hospital and Dexter, you, you turn your, uh, the purse you won directly over uh, to the billing department. You get checked out and uh, the two of you go your separate ways. And um, Caden, you are a little restless, got a lot on your mind after everything that's happened. And uh you know, you you you, you go for a long walk outside and as you are uh, heading back to the hospital, you uh you hear somebody like no stay hey and 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 you you kinda look and, and down the block across the street, you see Abigail Fripp, and she is fighting for her pocketbook with some guy who's trying to rip it out of her hands. And the dude kind of, you know, pulls it away from her and she kind of falls to the ground. And, and, and he kind of like kicks her a little bit. And he's just like, stay down. And he starts running up the sidewalk towards your direction.
1: I let him run toward me. I let him provide his own acceleration into my stick.
0: Do me a favor, make a, give me a prowess roll.
1: I would, oh, Rick, I would love to. Come on, narrative die, be a good narrative die. That was an acceptable narrative die, seven.
0: It, it'll get the job done. And yeah, you just crack that guy in the head as he comes running. He's completely not expecting it. So this is like, you know, this is like just watching a person like run like right into a tree branch or something. And it just he goes down like ah, immediately unconscious. And Abigail gets to her feet and kind of runs running towards you. And it's just like, hey, Dr. Tialto. And then she looks down at the ground that was amazing are you injured
1: he was attempting uh, to steal your possessions
0: oh okay i got my thick winter coat on uh i think i'm okay uh she 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 picks up her bag which is now just laying there on the ground and then she kind of like looks to the left looks to the right and kind of like kicks the guy in the ribs good snap Thanks. Uh, My kind of
1: understanding of... is that walking unescorted in this, in these neighborhoods is often ill-advised. If you ever require an escort from the hospital in the evenings, please contact me.
0: Well, I'm actually headed home right now. I just live over in Baronsdale Heights. To... I will walk
1: with you, come.
0: Great, let me come in and see the place, it's huge. You know, I've been looking for a roommate Uh, What is that? Well, my dad plays for the place. It's big, it's empty. Come on, I'll tell you all about it. And the two of you walk down the sidewalk together. Meanwhile, Dexter, you return to your apartment in Fort Trumbull. And uh, when you get back there, sitting on the steps waiting for you, there is kind of an old... Oldish, silver-haired guy in a very nice tailored suit uh, looks incredibly expensive there's a general air of power about him in class. I had to cast him I would say he was Scott Bakula. and uh, he uh, you actually recognize him he is a famous industrialist named Jonathan Fripp and uh, he you know you you know him this is like this is like Warren Buffett being waiting for you on your steps. And um, Dexter Vale, am I right?
2: Yes. Um, Pardon us for being rude here, but um, it's been a bit of a night. How can we help you?
0: Well, I don't want to take up a minute more of your time than I have to, and I promise this will be worth your while. He extends his hand. Jonathan Fripp, it's good to meet you. Dexter Vale, but you already know that. Well, it's a pleasure. I have been following your career, the underground fighting, the charity work, the military stuff. You are a very intriguing individual. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to waste your time. I am here to make you an offer, sir. See, I need a man of uh, your various talents to lead a project I am working on. Um, It pays very handsomely. In fact, if you say yes to my offer, I am prepared right now, tonight, to put $10 million in a trust to pay bills for those kids that you've been watching over at Serrano Memorial. A lot more than you're ever going to win in any of those fights, I can tell you. It is a very, very dangerous assignment though. One that requires a man with a soldier's instincts and a working knowledge of Astrovian culture. Would you like to hear more? We're listening. I'll tell you all about it. Why don't we go inside? Although I'm gonna warn you. This is as secret as secret gets. Can't tell anyone about it. Can't even tell anybody. Well, we're going to be leaving and you can't tell anyone where you're going. I am afraid. Dexter
2: looks back towards the path of where he thinks um, Dr. Caden is and says, I'm good at keeping secrets and looks back to you
0: excellent because what we're doing is going to be extremely important in fact we're going to be saving the world and on that thank you so much everybody oh my thank you
2: everybody Ah, oh my my
0: goodness (laughs) this was great we are we are are just here at the ending um let's 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 say the sign let's give our sign-offs here uh Uh, Eddie Doty, let the good people know where they can find you.
2: You can find me being an idiot on Twitter at curvy.matrix. When I do stream once or twice per year, it's over at twitch.tv slash zero dork 30. If you want to listen to my podcast about parenting, uh, check out the dad word spiral on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher anywhere else you can find uh, podcasts.
0: And, and that's got to be a good podcast because as you can see, his you can see. dice. Yeah. this will
2: probably come up in next week's episode. Yes. So. Uh,
0: yeah, dude, Eddie, that was amazing. Oh my God. I would just watch oh, you talking about fun. fighting for three hours alone.
2: Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. listen, I, I used to, I used to like, try not, try not to make it like entirely my brand, but screw it. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, if that's, if that's what I'm here for, that's what I'm here for. I'm happy to do it. So uh, yeah,
0: no, you rock this man. Uh, Sam Galev,
2: Amazing, as always.
1: <laughs> I I am Sam DeLev. I have been Caden a uh, definite human and always buddy of any character that Eddie Doty ever plays. Thank you very much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, pretty much. When I am not being an alien on here, you can find me. Uh, being a humanoid throughout the Twitchernet as a role-playing performer and variety streamer. My schedule for all that good stuff is available on my own Twitch, twitch twitch.tv slash delevely, D-E-L-E-V-E-L-Y. Please catch uh, Clear Skies tomorrow. We're doing a a very special episode that I'm looking forward to. Uh, And... Uh, I think I can probably post up a copy of the thing that I wrote in uh, the Q Times Discord, uh, but I will not be writing a novel. That's Omar's job.
0: All right, I'll just well, be
1: excitingly reading everything now. We know, cops <laughs> here for
0: the next uh, charity game is um, yeah. So, oh. thank you so much, y'all. Um, uh, and thank you, everybody. Wow. Uh, I'm Rick Bud. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at rbud913, or you can follow the show at PowerPlay RPG. And uh, I will be back here next week with PowerPlay Origins episode two. Uh, and on that, the theater goes dark and the after credit sequence begins. We are in. Belleville, Michigan 2007 it's night Belleville is a small farming town it's usually very quiet at night but right now the junior high school is on fire there are two fire engines a team of firefighters and a crowd of volunteer firefighters struggling to put out the flames It looks like a substantial portion of the building has burned. Um, A man in a bathrobe comes running from the parking lot. If I had to cast him, I'd say he was uh, David Cross. And uh, he comes uh, running up to one of the firefighters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What happened? What happened? What happened? And uh, the firefighters, please stand back, sir. And the man's I'm the principal and the firefighter nods. Well, it looks like the flames originated in one of the classrooms and then spread fairly quickly. We were able to save the entire north half of the building, though. The principal just looks bewildered. But, but, but how, how did it start? And the firefighter shrugs and says, we don't know yet. But if I'd have to guess, I'd say someone did it intentionally. The principal says, whoo And the firefighters are, well, I I couldn't say, but I'm sure the police are probably going to want to talk to you about that. Could be anyone, disgruntled teacher, troublemaking student. Can you think anyone who might want to burn the schoolhouse down? And the principal's face hardens and he says, actually, one of the students is a bit of a firebug. And the firefighter raises an eyebrow and says, do you have a name? And the principal says, Beckett, tell the police to talk to Benny Beckett. And on that, we cut to black. And we will see you next week for Powerplay Origins Benny Beckett, starring Caitlin Bruder, with special guests Laser Weber of The Double Clicks, Ravity Domsey of Clear Skies, and Draconique of uh, um, Infinite Horizons. Uh, and uh, yeah. That will be same time same place we will see you right back here thank you so much for everything tonight and uh thanks for playing with us good night hey everyone this is rick if you like what you heard please leave a review on itunes or whatever podcast app you use your review helps other fans find the show which really helps us out too and if you're looking for other ways to support powerplay follow us on twitter at PowerPlayRPG for news about merchandise giveaways and everything else we do